and welcome to Metrospective, the mega podcast where we cover everything from Astro Boy to Mazinger Z. I'm Giovanna D. Matucci. I'm going to be King of the Pirates. I'm Devin, and I watched nearly 20 episodes of Double Zeta today. Oh, I was going to say, overall, you watched them, like, twice. <laughs> yes. Uh, well, so, since Gia here has uh, had many things come in the way of watching Double Zeta, including moving, among other things, which is understandable... I, I watched mm-hmm. Double Zeta, like, all the episodes, like, four weeks ago, and then in between that, my Japanese started accelerating, so I watched all of Digimon Adventure in, uh, two weeks. <laughs> so, that overwrote- You had never my, seen like, it before. Never seen it before. Didn't watch it as a kid. I am now a Digimon fan. New, new news. <laughs> that has been, in, in, during these dark days, that has been such a legitimate light in my life, because I've always been, uh, I've always been a Digimon fan but it was one of those things where it's like i i loved it at such a young age that it just seemed it just feels normal to like it and but like re-experiencing it through you as like somebody with a, like a full-grown adult with a way more critical eye still coming out of it like that was the hypest shit i've ever seen that was like so validating for me oh yeah digimon is like legitimately good i i once again i've only seen it completely in japanese not no like i had subtitles but they were japanese subtitles um, yes. This is me not bragging. This is just me explaining. I I, I only comprehended about seventy to ninety, like I'd say fifty to ninety percent, depending on the episode. Some episodes I had no idea what was going on, but I, <laughs> uh, which was fine. Like if I had that, if if I had an episode like that, I would just look up like because the Digimon Wiki is pretty uh pretty good in terms of like some having like detailed summaries of every episode, better than the Gundam Wiki. And. Uh, so if I was ever lost in an episode after I finished it, I would just go through, I would just, you know, read that article and be like, oh, okay. My, my, my strategy is if I was completely lost, I would turn on the English subs for three lines and then turn them off, and then I had context and stuff would start making more sense to me. Ah, uh, yes. So I'd be like, I have, th- I would give myself like three spoken lines and I'm like, okay, you're all, in- okay, that's what they're talking about. Okay, so then I can apply it, then I can switch the subs back to Japanese. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But uh, I, de- I can't believe I've never watched anything in my adult life quite that quickly. No, yeah, that's the. I think for me, I did that with Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. Like I, I think in like what was it like twelve days? I watched like fifty four episodes. <laughs> no, I think it was. I think it was a little over two weeks. I think it was like a thing like like fifteen, sixteen days. Yeah, I've seen the the uh, the Digimon Adventure twenty minute short movie. That's why I've seen the fifty four episodes of the whole anime, and then I watched our war game. Uh, it, that's, it's great, and which which that's that's such a that's such a good that's the best that's the best chunk of it. Like that's definitely, and that's the also the best things. way to watch it. If you're gonna watch it in Japanese, watch that little short movie first because when they when they actually call back to that in the series repeatedly, it'll have a lot more impact. Yeah, well, thankfully they used they used it as the prologue to the Four Kids Digimon movie. Yeah, I remember uh, watching Ar- Arcade. Our friend uh, he sent me a. A compilation of like the best moments of the of the movie dub, and I like was pretty indignant at how many jokes they threw into that bit. Because like in our war game, most of the jokes in that were like already in Japanese. Like they just added like maybe twice as many, but like most like Koshiro and Taichi are joking a lot of that movie. They also add one week by Bare Naked Ladies. Yeah, I'm pretty sure the sub. I'm pretty sure the the soundtrack is going to be astounding to me. Like I'm. <laughs> It's a time capsule for sure. The, the best part, I, this uh, I don't know. Uh, very slight spoilers for Digimon Our War Game, Digimon Adventure Our War Game. There's a, when uh, there's the scene where um, 
Like when when um, Metal Garurumon and War Greymon first show up, and it's like they they play Braveheart in the movie, which is like the 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 go to battle music they play in every episode of Digimon Adventure. One of the best jokes in the entire franchise so far is right at the like the last line of like the usually when the song like fiddles out, sometimes they'll go into the second verse, and that's when like shit goes like nuts. The second verse is great. So like 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 when in the Angemon episode they go into the second verse of Braveheart like that's when like Ooh. stuff gets intense is when they go into the second verse and it doesn't just trail out, but they 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 end but because like the end of the first verse is like show me your Braveheart and like right at the end of that but like it's Koshiro saying he has to go to the bathroom and has to leave but every time it's cutting between them both they just keep replaying the audio of like show me your Braveheart show me your <laughs> Braveheart every time it's cutting back between them and it's really funny. <laughs> That sounds amazing. It's almost like the, the scene is cu- is like stuck in a loop because Koshiro has to leave to use the bathroom. <laughs> so the soundtrack is waiting for him to get back almost. <laughs> that was really, I don't know, that was really funny to me. I was, I was hysterically laughing at that. But uh, yeah, so I had to rewatch pretty much all of that in the, like all the, all, I, how many, fuck it, so, so I'm going to do the math here. I think it's, ni- yeah, 19 episodes where we're covering here, because we're, we're, it was either we do like two, like, I just wanted to do, I didn't want to spend four episodes on Double Zeta, because I didn't think there would be like enough to talk about in just the second one. Yeah. So. You're right. We, we've, so the, we, we did 19 episodes, and the final one is going to cover, is only going to be 10. So you'll nice. have a shorter finale, but I think we'll have a lot to talk about just about the show in general at that point. And, and thankfully, like, I mean, not thankfully, but like, like, it's it's awesome that the, the back end of this batch has me super hyped for the last 10. Yeah, I, I think the set, like, once again, like, like every big 50 episodes anime series, I think the back half is always stronger. I felt that way about Digimon. Like, my, my, to bring up Digimon yet again, I'm going to be talking about Digimon a lot because that's the only thing I can think about. That's fine. I'm always here to talk about the Digimon. only things I'm able, I'm the worst person to talk to these days because the only things I can talk about are Digimon and like net, computer networking. Because those are the two things which I'm is doing intrinsically in my life. tied to Digimon. Yes. Um. Like when I first watched it, I was like, okay, this is cute. I can get into this. This is okay. When it's like the first like ten or so episodes, and then you go into the next twenty, and I'm like, okay, this is getting better. And then by the time you hit like episode like the mid twenties, and you're into the thirties, you're just like, I'm like, oh, this is the best show ever made. And I just feel Depend- that that's, like, the pr- progress of most of these shows. Like, like Zeta starts on such a high mark, and and I think, like, Ideon, out of all the shows we've done so far, is, like, the lowest. But I think the one that's at the middle of, like, that has the best level of, like, starts good quality increase is, like, Votoms. Oh, yeah. Did you Please want to have the same pro- progression as, like, Votoms? Yeah. So I feel that's just, like, the standard is that, like, even, like... Even a good 50-episode anime is always going to be better in its second half. And I, I don't know exactly why that is. Like, I've never thought of an anime where I'm like, man, the first half is better. Hmm. It's always like, the, the show starts pretty good, and then it, like, by the end of it, your mind is like, you're, you're in, like, galaxy-braining every 15 seconds. That is, yeah. I'm trying to think of, like, I'm trying to think of something, well, honestly... And this, hmm. like, with the big, like, shonen stuff, I think it might be opposite, because those just kind of go on for eternity. Oh, yeah, no. Like, I'm definitely trying to think of just, like, a, like, a year-long anime. Like, story. Ava, even. I love Ava, but, like, Ava's kind of pretty, not cleanly, but, like, Ava's kind of dropped into what I call, like, four narrative acts, where, like, the to- there's, like, four noticeable vibe shifts in Ava. Mm-hmm. And, like, each one of them, the show gets, like, better, even if it, it started, like, astronomically good. I watched the first six episodes again in Japanese, 
to prep for whenever we do Ava. Because my, I'm just gonna stop saying we're going to be what we're doing next and making plans. We don't stick to them at all. And like every time I think like, yeah, my life, our lives are good. We can, <laughs> we can make an episode on time. It just something like a meteor lands on my house or something. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. So we're just gonna play it by ear, and and I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I I saw a really funny and like poignant without being depressing tweet of just like um it sucks to be living in the tail end of the fuck around era and going head first into the and find out era yeah of history <laughs> like we fucked around and now we're finding out just yeah. gen- just globally generally so- as for world events but 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 yeah no that's fine but i was going to say uh, funnily enough, what I was about to suggest is, like, depending on how fast we can do this, so probably not, but, like, I would just love to just slam jam a Gaiden about Digimon. Um, I I would be cool to record, like, an SD just about general thought. I, w- I don't know if I want to do, like, a whole, like, three-part... No, not a whole thing, adventure. but just, like, yeah, but, but just, I could, like, shoot... We, I could totally yeah. just talk about Digimon for, like, an hour or two. Yeah. Maybe we'll do that after Char's Counterattack to, like, kind of wind down. After yeah. we finally get off this this Tomino Ruse cruise, so um, let let's get on back on topic a little bit for for Zeta Gundam and something because we watched the last the uh, we watched episodes thirty five and thirty six together before we recorded. Uh, we were talking about how if Zeta how like twenty twenty one is we've entered Gundam Double Zeta, like how we kept making like comparisons to the political situation of a couple months ago to Zeta Gundam. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and now like. We are now in Double Zeta, and it's kind of incredibly strange and poetic in almost a chaos magic sense. Like, the, the, the main existential threat of the Titans have been defeated, but now there's this crazy third rogue element, and the good guys are kind of not to be completely trusted, and nobody knows what's going on anymore. Yeah, no, absolutely, no, no one in power is even pretending to care about, like, citizens, and they're all just, like, trying to take their money and run. It's, it's, it's almost like a little, like... I thought, like, Zeta was a little bleak in terms of, like, wow, this is too real. Like, I'm, I kind of felt that watching Double Zeta. I'm just like, fucking yeah. damn, man. Double Zeta is just, yeah, Double Zeta is just, like, everyone, like, everybody who wants to do something is trying to do something, but they have, like, no funding, very little training, no resources, and, like, no one believes in them. And a lot of people are dead. And like, and half the time, and and they're all coming from such disparate, different situations that half the time, even they can't even like fully cooperate as as like a organized entity. So let I I know what the the first major topic is going to be, um, but before we do that, let's talk about that new opening. Uh, I I I like it. the The subs that I'm watching have cut them for time, so I only I've I've only seen it. Uh a couple times because I looked it up because I was like, oh, it changed openings. Yeah, Silent Voice is probably one of my favorite Gundam openings. I'd probably put it, like, number two behind, like, Zeta opening two. Wow. High praise. I I really like... It is that. Like, any time I play Super Robot Wars or any game, I usually... where I can select people's music, I usually make this Hamans theme. I I associate this theme with Haman a lot, maybe because the opening opens with that badass shot of Haman standing in space. Oh, yes. This... It's... Honestly, the 
Zeta was way more into Haman than than Double Zeta has been so far. Yeah, and I I I I kind of appreciate that in this a little bit because I my biggest complaint in, of my two biggest complaints in Double Zeta are a the show feels like the entire Neo Z like and these I one of them I softened on I've actually softened on both of my criticisms uh, upon this this rewatch because my two biggest criticisms of Double Zeta are um the fact that. The second, the first, the first Neo Zeon War feels like it's being fought by literally four mobile suits. Yeah, and and one ship. And my second criticism was that Haman's not in it enough. But now I've just realized that we are seeing such a much more narrow view of this conflict that so much of the of the first Neo Zeon War is happening off screen. Yeah, and probably because like so a lot of it, and because like a lot of it that we do see is. Not it, it is like not necessarily like battles, which are happening, but it's so much wheeling and dealing. It's so much high, high political, like backdoor shit, and like the AU central leadership almost doesn't exist anymore. So pretty much all of the remaining surviving AU ships from the whoever survived the battle, the final battle of grips are pretty much just doing their own thing to combat it. Like Karaba seems to be fighting the war on earth more than the earth Federation even is like literally the, the major conflict, the major conflict going into the, going into the last like quarter of this show is uh, the last, the back half of this show is, is the Federation just wants to decommission the Argama. Because they pretty much are just gonna give up and surrender to Haman, but make it look like a mutual fucking... Because it is mutual, because they're profiting off of it heavily, but, like... Like, no, you guys, like, lost. You just gave up. You said we quit. And it's like... I don't know. It, I don't know. I really, I'm really liking Double Zeta even more. Like, Double Zeta's a messier show, and that's, not that that's like... I mean, and that's compared and to think- Zeta, which is one of the cleanest shows ever made. Like, that's, like... Like you, that you got it. That's like that's a cleanly made it, show. It's a messier show, but I think, I think what helps, I, I, I think they lean into the messiness. I think the messiness is intrinsic to the, to the like the mil- like the political and military situation that they're in. Yeah, like, like what the, the, the fuck the second, are you supposed the first to do? Is a far messier conflict than the Grips conflict, or even the One Year War. Like Bright just doesn't like when when we. I mean, we already talked about this in the first episode. However long, however many decades I'm gonna interrupt ago you that one, was. I'm going to interrupt you for one sec. Just I, I didn't give my my. Uh, if you haven't listened to our first episode of Double Zeta, please do that now. If this is if you haven't listened, and just please just start like if you haven't watched any Gundam stuff, like uh, please please do that before you listen to this. We're for we're full spoilers, and uh, we have four episodes of Zeta. We have an outdated take on the 0079 trilogy. Uh, we, we're gonna, in the future, we're going to record just a How to Get Into Gundam SD episode. Oh, that'd be fun, yeah. Because that, I feel that, and maybe we'll do that before we, we do Char's Counterattack, because we can, I can knock that out in a half hour. But, sure, uh, sure. if, at least listen to our Zeta episodes before, at the very bare minimum least, listen to our Zeta episodes before you continue. Um, but yeah, so, when we, when we meet the Argama coming fresh off of the events of Zeta Gundam, it's just like, Bright just does not have pilots. Yeah, not- They all died. There's, they literally don't even have, like, people to pilot the, like, the spare GMs that are in the hangar. Yeah, so it's like- Not GMs, the Rick Diaz's. He has to, not even, it's, it's not even a conscription, it's, it's not even, like, it wasn't even, it wasn't even, like- Amuro with like here's your federation uniform now kid you're you're enlisted 
it's they don't have time they're just like can you oh you can you can drive this fucking thing get in it <laughs> it's so sad that it's true and 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 they're just dealing with the fallout of it and like you know it it, it at this point in the story like Judao and and their friends are all like, well, I guess this is what we're doing because like it seems like the best thing to do because if we stay anywhere else, it seems like Neo Zeon's just gonna come kill us. Um, we can we can either wait for Neo Zeon to come kill us or we can wait for poverty to kill us. Yeah, we yeah we we can either we can either yeah just stay just like citizens doing nothing and then probably end up dead anyway, or we can like fight some fucking fascists. And even uh, then, it takes Beach and Mondo like a whole like chunk of these episodes to even come back to to that conclusion. Yeah, because that's the other because that's the other thing. It's not even like like they they don't have any loyalty to to like the Argama. Like they you know they're like coworkers, <laughs> um, which makes it like we're and we're getting ahead. You know, we I mean I feel like we always start these off with kind of like a nebulous take of the chunk of episodes thus far, but yeah. like. My biggest, it made me so mad, like, 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 points against Bright for, for fucking being so harsh on, 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 on Rue for going AWOL when every other fucking less trained, like, not actually in the military member of his fucking boat does that every day. Maybe that's why Judao gives Rue because Rue's like actually part of the AUG and everyone else is kind of like a str- like a dirt child from the street. I just think it's unfair. It is to not I even give her Bright's one. Reason- I think that's just Bright's reasoning, not like. Yeah, like I, I feel like that's exactly what Bright would say if Rue's like, "Wow, you're being you're, you're kind of treating me really unfairly when like Mondo and Beecha are like actual traitors." Go cheat on your wife. <laughs> she would say that. She would say that. <laughs> oh. <laughs> can we can we just have like have like a have a moment here to just appreciate how like awesome Rue is? She's so good. I love her a lot. She she's very deserving of inheriting the Zeta. I like L too. I no L's great too. I like I like Rue a bit better just because I I love her like I love her snark. Mm-hmm, like Rue mm-hmm. just like Rue is just like the snarkiest bitch to ever live. <laughs> El and Judao are the better versions of fucking Cosmo and What's-Her-Face. And Kasha. Kasha, yeah. Yeah, El very much feels like Kasha. Because, uh-huh. like, I, I said how um, there's there's a pair of characters in um, El Gaim, uh, Lisi and Amu. And Amu pretty much, if I, if, if, if you go by, like, the Tezuka star system, it's, like, the same actress as Fa. Yeah. But Amu is way closer in character to, like, El. Um, and yeah. Lisi is uh, a lot closer in character to to Rue, despite looking very different. And the whole thing is that, like, both Amu and, and Lisi are, like, madly in love with the main character, but can't fucking stand each other. <laughs> so, like, any time... There's, like, this, there's a really funny scene where they're just, like... They're, they're, like, they're running away from explosions, but every time they notice they're next to each other, they just kind of go, huh, and, like, look away from each other. It happens, like, six times in a row. Like, they hate each other to a completely comedic degree, and so, like, I feel that L and Rue have a very similar dynamic, or at least they're trying to go for that same kind of dynamic from Elgheim. Yeah. Because Elgheim kind of has, like, I, I don't know, I feel like, I feel that, like, a lot of Elgheim characters are prototypes for Double Zeta characters, or maybe they were, like, repurposed. Like, there's a Mashmir-like character who's actually a good guy, there's, I feel like 
Eno and Bicha are, like, if you combine them together, it'd be that, well, I forgot his name, but he's the guy with the pompadour and, um, like, the best friend of the of the main character. Judo mm. feels a lot like the main character, whose name I can also not remember. Yeah, I know nothing about Elgheim, but Elgheim I do... Elgheim is very all- similar in tone to, to Double Zeta. Yeah, but I but I but I do keep seeing I do keep seeing uh Edeon vibes from Double Zeta as well from time to time. Yeah. Like um, uh we will do Elgheim whenever we can find like a good release of it. I maybe I'll get a Blu-ray release sometime, but there's this right now the only way to watch it is like really crunchy uh early DVD rips from like 2007 that have like really questionable subtitles. Yikes. So it's like I I maybe I maybe I'll resub it at some point. I probably won't. Um, but I would love to do Elgheim because it's a show. I had never finished it, but I watched a good chunk of it, but just couldn't handle the subtitles anymore. Translating is one of those things that like, even when you know how difficult it actually is, when like at first blush, it always surface level. It's just so easy. Well, I can speak both of these languages. Surely I can just write down what it is that they're saying. And then it's like, no, actually (laughs) Okay, let's talk about some mobile suits. That's an easy thing to talk, get rid of, to get through. Yeah. Okay, well, so this, the first thing we have is the uh, Gazom. Gazom. Let me refresh this. Come on. There it is. This is the final mech, uh, mobile suit in the Gaza series. There's the Gaza C, the Gaza D, and the Gazom. Uh, this is what Gauton has early in the I like episodes. this boy a lot. Comes back in Unicorn, as you can see. As do most Double Zeta mobile suits. It's also a transformer, as as they as they be. I don't know why it fails. to Double load, Zeta but... is the firewalk with me of Gundam. It really is. Yeah, the no one it. likes it, but you need it. Oh, firewalk with me is fantastic. I, I I could don't even get me started on that. <laughs> but, the firewalk with me defender has logged on. Firewalk with me essentialist has logged on. <laughs> I, li- I like the big thrusters on the front. I uh, it, it it's like it's a mobile armor mode is really cool. It looks like a shmup ship. I think that's the best compliment I can give to a lot of the mobile armor forms. It looks like a ship from a shmup I'd play. Mhm, mhm, mhm. Uh, that all you got to say about this boy? Yeah, I, I I like him. I like him, but honestly, I don't fully remember where he shows up. Gaton hat. That was Gaton's like designated mobile suit for a while. Mm. Well, hey, we're moving on to a familiar face. This is the Cubile Mark II unit. Yeah, one, which is uh, this is Peru's Cubile. We'll talk about Peru in a minute, but uh, I like this. Shows up again in fucking Gundam Evolve of all things. Yeah, well, we'll we'll get to the. I, we'll probably you know what we're gonna do. I'll do. Let's do an SD on some of the Gundam Evolves after we finish Shards Counterattack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they're they're mostly they were shorts that were pa- I think they were packed in on little mini DVDs that came with model kits. Oh, that's fun! Like, there's there's one for the Mark II, and it's a it's like and essentially they're just little CGI movies. Some of them take place after the series, some of them take place during. Like the Zeta one is really cute because it's um, it's mostly a training exercise where Camille's sparring with uh, so with two like Rick Diaz's when he's like first joins the AUG, and then Camille take, taking the, the the sparring too seriously damages some camera equipment and has to write up like an essay about why he's sorry that he destroyed AUG property. Let's get good enough. Let's get good enough because I, I love ancillary like merchandise, like sub merchandise, like lesser known merchandise, spinoff shit like that. Um, Japan is so good at that. Like like if something is if something is if something makes money, they will adapt it into every fucking thing. Um, 
I and that gave me the thought of like, yo, what if we got good enough at fucking? What if we got good enough at Japanese? We were the only motherfuckers reviewing fucking drama CTs. Oh, I don't even put that past me. If you do not think that I'm going to be this, this the crazy motherfucker that actually bites at a translation of the Moon Wars CD, and I'm pretty sure I'm going to be super underwhelmed by it because I know what it. I know what it, I've read a synopsis of it, and I'm like, I still want to hear it. Yeah, no, it's we. Ha- it, it's our destiny. Dude, it's one of our longest. It's one of our longest bits. Gia, if we to imagine two years from now we put Metrospective on hiatus because all of our all of our efforts are going towards fan translating Gaia Gear. <laughs> we're like, sorry, we're Metrospective is on an eight month hiatus. We're translating Gaia Gear. <laughs> that that's what we open the Patreon for. Yeah, oh yeah, for our translate Metrospective translations. <laughs> yeah, Metro like well, me, me, Metrospective doesn't cost us any money, but if you would like to, but if but if you're a fan of cost me money, sixteen dollars a month for fuck, thirteen dollars a month for fucking SoundCloud. <laughs> sure, yes, yeah, sure, but you know that's like in terms of like business expenses, that's nothing. Yeah. Um. But. Um. But no, yeah, it's like, oh, we opened the Metrospective Patreon, it's like, technically you're funding us, but we're using that money to fucking subsidize our tra- our transla- our backdoor translation game. But, uh, so this this Cubelay, what do you, th- anything to say about it? I like it, the inverted, it has like a dark purple as opposed to the white, but the pink is the same as Haman's. I, I absolutely, I absolutely love it, it's the, it's the Cubelay, but it's, it's, it's a deeper purple, it's just, it's just more... It's, it's, I it's love a, it. It's a cube. Uh, so and, next pull, we, and 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 it's fucking it's 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 pulls mech. It's yeah, it's Puru. It'll be Puru. We'll talk about Puru in a minute. Next up is the Drayson. Love it. This is uh we first Good see boy. Rock on Dockeron in this. It's kind of like a fucking like roided dom. Yeah, roid dom. <laughs> That's what they should have <laughs> called it. It comes um, back in Unicorn, of course. Ooh, sexy. Yeah, the I love the blue. It, it like it has it has like the machine. It doesn't really have like guns. It has like arm mounted Gatling cannons. So fucking sick! Wow, cool robot. Wow, cool robot. Next up, we have the Zaku Mariner. Oh, he's just a little boy. Also coming back in Unicorn. <laughs> these are based off of the. OG. Oh my god, mm, Unicorn! These Why? Are, these are based on the OG. Um, uh, MS-006, but they're just mostly used for, just, as you can see, underwater combat. We see a couple yeah, of these. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, following that is the Dwaj Custom, which was actually a mobile, according to this website, MAHQ, is a remnant mobile suit from the One Year War that's, that saw limited production. Mm. So, this, this was essentially supposed to replace the Dom, but the Xeon fell before they could mass-produce these. The that Dwaj. It's, it, once again, just looks kind of like a better Dom. Yeah. Next up is the Desert Zaku, another remain uh, rema- uh, holdover from the One Year War. Zaku just made exclusively for desert combat. Then there's the uh, the the blue ones for the Africa Liberation Front we see later. Then I they- do like their blue mechs. Yeah, the blue team; those guys were cool. Uh, Glimmy also thought so. <laughs> Next up is the GM three. Good boy. This is my this this now this. Love, love, love. Well, you should because it's based on the Mark II as a as the template. It was after this came into produ- this came into production um, to try to bolster Federation forces once they officially denounced the Titans, but they didn't really see active combat until later. And most of them are used by Karaba in this still, series. 
Because, like, cause the, the, the problem with the GM2s, it was literally like, oh, okay, so you just made Grandpa and switched its head. Like, it, like it's just the fu- it's just the Gundam's body. It's just the Gundam's model sheet, and I'm bored by it. Yeah, the GM2, even in-universe, was, like, pretty much a joke. Because the GM2 was just like, oh, it's basically the GM1, but has, a, like, a, maybe a 15% better reactor. Yeah, um, but the GM th- and, and the thing about the GM three aesthetically, it still does look like a Gundam with the wrong head, but it's its own design. I love the little like rabbit ear antennas it has. Yes, those are so does such a good touch, and I love its. It has the Mark II's backpack. Yeah, 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 and, and it's it's those 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 prominent knees that come out. Do you want me to compare it to the Mark II? I can pull up the Mark II if you want. Yeah, pull up the Mark II. All right, let me pull up the Mark II. Love to look at the Mark II. Pulling up the Mark II for a direct comparison. But you know what? Haven't been to the Zeta page in a bit, even though I know it's on the double Zeta page too, but you can go AUG. Gundam Mark II. Where is it? There it is. Gundam Mark II. Yeah. So that's the Gundam Mark II GM3. Yeah. Like the GM, the GM's like torso, it has like the, yeah, it has like the, the shoulders and the backpack of the Mark II, but the core chest of like the RX-78. It's very good. I like it a lot. And uh, as seen in Gundam Unicorn, they also can dock with G-Defensers. Fun! Oh, the Gundam Unicorn version makes them look more like normal GMs. I like how big their head is. Like, I'm gonna compare that to, like, the head of, like, the GM2. Like, the GM2 is, like, has kind of, like, that kind of head. But then I really love just, I don't know, it's very Edeon. The visor's also, yeah, it's, it, the visor's also bigger, it's very Edeon. Yeah, I, I Anytime like you get closer to being Edeon, it's usually a good thing. Uh, following that, we have the regular Dwodge, not the Dwodge Custom. It looks pretty much the same, but this has the this is the Unicorn version. Chunky boy, I like him better. Yeah. Um, so next we have the Ewok Zaku. <laughs> I don't remember what Ewok stands for, E-W-A-C. I know it's like an actual real like Air Force thing where uh, I think Ewok planes are like the ones that go like, they're the, they're the size of like, like uh, like a seven forty seven or like a commuter plane, but they go all the way up, like super super high above where fighter planes can go, and they work as like radar, and they like let the other like the, let their allied planes know where the enemy planes are. It stands for A A. What's happening, Chew? And I only know that because of Ace Combat. Militarywords.com. <laughs> uh, military uh, electric warfare aircraft commander. Mm. So they're essentially like I don't think they I think they get like they are mobile so they can probably hold a gun but they're mostly used for probably like reconnaissance and like radar. They're cool though I love its huge like ray dome head. Yeah 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 I like that it's got that yeah I like its big dumb head. Uh, next we have the Zaku three, and well finally we have the Zaku three that shows up at the end. I fucking love this thing so much. Yeah. It's so different. Yeah, and you you were I like how it has like you know what it kind of looks like, and I know this anime came out later, but I'm gonna pull them up. It fucking we're gonna go to War in the Pocket real quick. So I know War in the Pocket yes. came out. It looks like the Comfer. It 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 gave me War of the, War in the Pocket vibes. Yes, because I love because because you know how much I love that thing. Yeah, the Comfer, which is playable in the new Extreme Versus. Comfer's sick as shit. He has a shotgun because he's made for col- um, for inside colony combat. Um, and the Zaku 3 is just fucking... 
because it, it it's the only like it's the it's the Zaku variant that looks the least like a Zaku. Everyone you, you else like is it's literally a, just like you put some shit on a Zaku. Do you like its beam cannon that's like kind of around its crotch? It like folds up like that and it's attached to it, so it has like the two these two little handles right here that pop out. Yes. Yeah, it has. Like, I love its um. I I love its be- I love its bell bottoms. They're so sharp. Oh yeah, I think you're really digging Neo Zeon's like mobile suit aesthetic. <laughs> I, I'm, 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 yeah, fuck yeah, they know what they're fucking doing. Haman has good taste. <laughs> Haman has good, if, if I can only say one good thing about Haman, and I probably can, it's that she has great taste. So I think Haman's a good time for us to, uh, segue into, into talking about characters. <laughs> I just pictured Haman on a segue! Just her and Maniva in a little one next to her, just like. <laughs> but she still has like the stone cold face. So, like no one's allowed to laugh. If you laugh at Haman's segue, she'll shoot you on the segue. So you saw Haman sunbathing. You finally saw that in- that scene. I love. <laughs> oh, it's so good! It's so good because like that, that's that's a very rare moment. Because I brought it up earlier before we were recording. Haman, like the the Haman looks are lacking this series. Um. But when she does, when and, and when she does show up, her her best moments are with Judao. Oh yeah, like her weird, like I, I it's it's a little tr- it's a it's problematic, but I kind of like it for like a narrative perspective. The weird kind of sexual tension between her and Judao. It's cause Devin. It's cause Ju- It's cause Judao is supposed is cause Judao is destined to be Char. She confuses. She confuses his like new type aura for Char's. Cause it's like I'm right. <laughs> My, I, I, there's like that moment where he, when he's on on her sh- on her ship and she's like about to French him and he's like, ma'am, he's like, ma'am, I'm 14. And I think like like honestly, and this isn't me excusing her. Like this isn't me excusing it as a thing. Like it's gross. It's gross when you think about it from that way. But like whenever that did happen, it's like it, it always it always it always seemed to me like Haman didn't really understand what the fuck was going on either. Yeah, like Haman is like, like I don't, I don't know, like, know how to deal with this. She has like a, a like. Because, like, we, we, ha- we always talk about, like, the new type connections that people can't really explain, like, Lala and Amuro, despite the fact they didn't know each other at all. Yeah, yeah, They still yeah. felt this, like, immediate, like, intimate, dis- like, intimate connection to each other. Same with, like, Four and Camille. And later, was we see in this with Puru and, and uh, Judo, even though it's more, like, familial as opposed to romantic. Plus, I think, I think for Haman, it's, for Haman, it's absolutely about the, uh, it's about power. It's about getting Judo's power. And she all, like, every time it's like, she's full on Darth Vadering Judo, like, join me. Yeah, no, for sure. And it's like, Judo, you, I, you're strong, you're a stronger, you're a stronger person than me. Because I'd be like, fuck, sure. (laughs) (laughs) Only if you, only if you ask me in a really rude way. Order me to do it. (laughs) Yeah, no, really, like. (laughs) The Argama sucks so bad, please. So let, let's let's uh, let's talk about. I'm gonna flip a coin. Do we talk about a character I like, or I don't have a coin? Okay, let's, uh, just because I'm a sadist, we're gonna talk about. Uh, we're we're gonna talk about Glemmy first. Uh, so earlier on, we we finally see a lot more Glemmy. We see his new outfit that has like the dragon crest on it. Yeah, he's just so he because it's you know I, I I think this is him leading up to making his move as it were. As I said, like. 
how do you feel about Glenn? So you were correct when you said, oh no, Glenn is the Jared of the show. And I was, I, I bit my tongue because I'm like, he's only the Jared for a while until he becomes the fucking Scirocco of, of fucking Double Zeta. No, Glemmy is the best Gundam villain because Glemmy is every Gundam villain. Do, okay, like, um, I, we were talking about this off mic, but uh, this is never really, like, we, we'll get to this later in terms of, like, context, but Glemmy's big thing of being like, oh, you know why Haman keeps me so close and I keep getting promotions for no reason? Yeah. Is like, uh, they don't really ever elaborate on that in the show, but it's heavily speculated among other fans, and I think it's cited in some book somewhere that, um, people say that Glemmy is either a clone of Girin, which I think is a lot more far-fetched, or that Glemmy is, like, the illegitimate son of Girin that was held, had by Girin's, like, secretary, who is a blonde woman. I'd believe that. So it's, like, Girin, like, so Glemmy is, like, some sort of, like, dark zombie secret that Girin didn't let, like, fly. So he was just, like, maybe given to, like, the Toto family of Zeon nobility and, like, if you said anything about Glemmy's parentage, you got shot in the face by Gear and Zabi. <laughs> you got incredibly shot in the face. <laughs> I, 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 I do like that. I do wish they would have expounded on that, but that kind of, for whatever reason, at this point, I just expect the mainline Universal Century to just never give me that type of shit. They're just never interested in that type of shit. <laughs> They'll hint at it. And I feel that's kind of better, almost, because then it lets us go on these, like, crazy... It, it's almost, Like, that's what I kind of like about David yeah. Lynch stuff, where there is no firm, solid explanation to anything, so then, in a way, it kind of goes on forever, because you're always thinking about it. It's like a better version... It's like a better version of when people complain that being able to Google stuff makes conversations more boring. Like, what what are you talking about? But from from the perspective of, like, I like it when media doesn't tell me everything because now we have something to like critique and talk about um in in, in terms of world building in terms of world building the best thing you can do is not tell your audience everything because that's just how reality works like we also live in a real like real the real world that is built for, for us around us um has a bunch of shit happening that we are not always privy to there if anything it, it happens more than in fiction in fiction when you do that too much an editor will yell at you so let's talk about how gross glemmy is <laughs> what's, yeah. what's grosser his army of his army of underage girl of naked underage girl clones or the how he treats Lena, or how he treats rue what's grossest i mean the girl clones uh, like the girl clones for sure with lena coming in at Lena coming in second because he's just so obviously grooming her to just be like his little pet. He has a pet. Glemmy, Glemmy is walking around Neozeon with a pet girl. Because it's not even, it's not even a sibling thing. Like, like, like some of the, like some of the cyber new types when they find Zhao or, or Camille. It's not a fucking, like, I wouldn't even necessarily call it a child bride thing. He's not trying to wife Lena at all. He just likes, he, he's trying to my fair lady her, but, like, without her consent. And he's, like, so oblivious to how gross it is. He's oblivious, and also he's so high society that everybody, like, 
at that when you're an aristocrat like that, everyone has just everybody just has their own fucked up thing that they do, and everybody's just like, oh, I guess Glem, like this is Glemmy's. Like, <laughs> yeah, I just remember that one of the scenes that made me almost take a spit take was like, it, there was two scenes. It was Glemmy taught there. I forgot exactly when they happened. When we go through the episodes, I'll I'll point them out. But it was um. With Lena, uh, it was, they're like approaching Axis, and he said, I don't know if had what the Japanese was, because my Japanese isn't that good yet, but in the subs, he was like, I want you to have mastered the violin by the time we dock at Axis. <laughs> it's so bad, I would, like... And then the, the second one was even crazier, because it's they're leaving to go invade the Earth, and Lena's practicing ballet in the ballet studio on Glemmy's battleship. He just has a ballet studio in his battleship on the Mindra. Glenny Toto is a fucking crime against humanity. <laughs> He's the worst. Okay, would you rather? Would you? Would you? Ra- would you, Gia, rather be stuck in a room with Shiraco or Glenny? Shiraco. And I thought Shiraco was gross. Shiraco <laughs> is gross. Shiraco is gross. But I I prefer people who are better. Like Glemmy's not as good as like Glemmy's. Glemmy doesn't have the ability to be personable enough for me to like. Like I don't know. Like Shiraco has a charm about him. Like he's obviously like. Oh yeah, this guy's a shithead. This guy's a complete and utter sociopath. (laughs) But he can talk a room. Like, you he can, can probably talk, have an like, interesting conversation with... with yeah, like, he'll with have a conversation with you. Glemmy is just always off his shit, and it's like, dog, can you just be... No-? It's like, it, like, again, it's just, it's me being the fucking dude from True Detective, like, s- stop saying odd shit. I feel like, if you, I feel, I thought you were gonna say I want to be stuck in a room with Glemmy so I can beat the shit out of him, is what you thought you were gonna say. No, I'm not a violent woman. Um, I, <laughs> I, 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 yeah, no, it's... Sure, yeah. <laughs> I, li- I, I kind of like how gross Glemmy is, because I feel he makes, like, perfect, like, even more- Glemmy, to me, is more the antagonist of the show than Haman is. Yeah, no, for sure. Like, and th- th- this was the- he- like, It's not even necessarily a heel turn, because he's already the bad guy, but it's like, okay, he went from being a bad guy to being a villain. Yeah. He went from being an he's antagonist like a- to being a villain. He literally, like- he just completely it's 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 still a turn because he's like oh he star screams he's like i'm shooting my shot now and which is going to have some repercussions in part three of double zeta yeah although honestly so far doing a better job than star scream you know well let's see okay so the the, so the spectrum of that is like shirako versus star scream let's see where we're going to be charts on this Glemmy, the Starscream Scream spectrum. At the moment, well, because like we're watching it, so it's a it's it's a, it's a it's subject to change. He slid around on the scale. Um, Low point was being stranded in the desert like an idiot. That's true. He took a dip. Yeah, he he took a dip there. That was his lowest point that, for sure. There's that a screen his... cap I took that I'm going to send to you because I fucking love it. It cracks me the fuck up every time I see it. I the the this one right here with the sub with the subs. <laughs> 
the first ep- like the first batch of episodes we watched, I took I t- yeah no that's so good. I I I took notes and screen caps and things, but like I slam jam these over the past two days. So you're gonna need to help me out. We're gonna when we get to the episode synopses, which is pretty close. Um, this is gonna be I this is gonna be a messier episode. Mo- like. Uh, it's th- this is I took some notes. They're not great, so I'm going to be referencing the episodes themselves. So the edit might be a little rougher than you're used to. Um, please bear with us. It's been a really rough like five weeks. <laughs> yeah. And uh, part three will be better. For sure. But uh, this is I'm just gonna say that like Zeta. This is a testament to how good of a show Zeta is. Is that every single episode of Zeta, none of them bled together really. So it was a lot easier for me to like. I didn't even need to take that good of notes to remember them. This is not a knock on Double Zeta. This is just, that is a testament to how good Zeta Gundam actually is. Yeah, Double Zeta, like, coming off of Zeta, which is how you pitch this to me, is that, like, Double Zeta is, is Double Zeta had to immediately follow Zeta Gundam. Double Zeta, honestly, like, feels more like the original series. Yeah, it feels more like 0079. It's rougher than 0079, too, but it feels more like it. Um... Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna pull up the comparison again because I have not seen Deep Space Nine or all of TNG. But whenever I I explain the the Star Trek Gundam comparisons that I keep seeing exist, in my accurate in saying that this is the Deep Space Nine of Gundam comes off to a rough start. It was very divisive. People either love it or hate it. Only a handful of returning characters. Very different vibe. For sure. For sure. Um, like, you know, like, people resent the new cast, but there's, like, people are slowly warming up to it. I'm sure Deep Space Nine is probably a better show than Double Zeta. I don't even want to say that, because I really do like Double Zeta. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna disparage Double Zeta like that. Yeah, no, I'd say they're finally, I mean, like, you know, Star Trek, and especially Star Trek is much more episodic than Gundam. Um, so, there's clunkers. Every Star Trek series has some just dog oh, yeah. shit episodes. The first, the first, I watched the entire first season of TNG, and I was like, man, this is a show people like. And I started the second season, and I was like, oh, God, this got way better. Yeah, most watch lists most watch lists are literally just like, watch these episodes, watch these couple episodes from season one simply for context, and then just skip the rest. Yeah, it's like, uh, skip until, until Riker has a beard. Basically, yeah. I, I wish that they did another season where that took place during the time period where Riker was trying to grow his beard and everybody just, like, treated him a little differently. Like, it's like, Riker, are you okay? You Dog, you look like shit today. Is everything all right? It's like, yeah, I'm just growing my beard. It's like, oh, man, Riker, are you all right? Did some, are, were you dating somebody? Did they dump you? Like, I'm just, I'm trying to grow out my beard, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> I, I One thing I like about the uh, manga adaptation of Beltatra's children is that Bright has a beard for it for half of the, half of the manga. Hell yeah. Fuck he, do- yes. he doesn't have one in Charles Counterattack, but Beard Bright is a very good look. Apparently he had it because he was just on vacation until he got emergency called back and in, 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 onto duty. And he That's gets reprimanded by like, some <laughs> people like, how dare you have a beard? You're, you're, on, you're, on, you're in service of the Federation. He's just like, bro, chill out. I just haven't had time to shave. Uh, that's exactly how Bright at that point in his life would react to like being like reprimanded by the military. He's just like, man, whatever. <laughs> There was, uh, somebody translated an excerpt, well, not translate, but somebody posted an excerpt of the already translated, um, 0079 novels that Tomino wrote while the show came out, based on an earlier concept. Like, there's a lot of differences, like, Amuro, Hayato, and Kai are already in the military at the beginning, and they never go to Earth. Uh Uh-huh. But, um, 
Sela is like musing about like watching Amro because the one of the first things that happened is Amro gets slapped by a by a superior officer for not paying attention. He's like daydreaming, mm-hmm. and Sela comments on this about how the Federation has like this weird, almost fetishistic like obsession with corporal punishment of like where like commanding officers will even like publicly spank people, and how like she's just commenting how fucking bizarre the Federation military is. Yeah, that holds true. And I like how it's canonical that the Federation is just like this. <laughs> yeah. See, she's commenting, like, why are you fucking like this? It's like, why, yeah, like, like there's so fucking, like, every, there's so much, there's so much, like, it's like bureaucratic machismo. I don't fucking understand. It's, it's, it's Sadomasochistic it bureaucratic machismo. God. It's fucking crazy. I love it. I, it, I, it peaks. I think it peaks with Wong. Yeah, Wong is just kind of. We'll talk. To, we'll talk about Wong briefly. Yeah, <laughs> but like Wong is re- Wong is ready to throw down. Wong will fucking. Wong is playing IRL Street Fighter with you. Like he's just like he's got records. Shorty, you're up and just like kicks the shit out of Camille. <laughs> Camille tries to punch me. Does a frame perfect like third strike parry. I don't actually know the words I'm saying. I'm just friends with people who like fighting games. Uh, aside from that, let's talk about Peru. <laughs> Last character before we move into the episode synopses. Speaking of misogyny, um, <laughs> so let's talk uh, about let's talk about Gundam's female characters. I th- I think Zeta and Double Zeta have been doing really well. Like, you have some great characters. Like, you got four. You got Fa. I love Fa. I love four. Fa's. Fa's great. You had, um, you had Rekua until she black-pilled herself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you have, you know, Emma, who was, like, the fucking best. Emma was the best. And then, best unless you have, like, Ellen Rue, Haman is, the, uh, is, like, the principal antagonist. Haman's always awesome in this show. You had Chara, who, like, is there. I think Double Zeta, like, Double Zeta has... One of the biggest female casts, maybe in Mecca. Yeah, like I'd say there's more. I think isn't there like, yeah, there's a lot. So of- much like like and and it's 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 such a it's such a testament to like a because it's like you know people mostly due to the first third of this show you know say that like oh Zeta Gundam's too fucking jokey or yucking it up even you know even my summary of it was like this is the most quote-unquote anime TM that Gun- the Gundam franchise has been so far but that's not saying a lot uh that's a pretty high bar um and so I you know I, there's there's totally a world the <laughs> the the Gundam Seed version of Double Zeta it would be it would be a harem, right? Like oh yeah, everybody would want it. Like I mean, like it, it. I don't really like. You, I can tell L is kind of into into like judo. L just likes having so many boys for friends. L is one of those girls who like wants to be friends with all the boys. I actually like that episode a lot. Later on, where Beecha is like Beecha just kind of drops that he how into L he is and how jealous he is that she's always talking about judo. He's like, I'll take yeah, double Zeta. I'll show L how cool I am. And that that was the moment I think I really decided I actually liked Beecha. Yeah, no, I I don't. Beecha and Mondo have like they haven't redeemed themselves, but it's like have they at least endeared themselves at all? I think honestly, I think they just get redeemed by default because so much 
other shit is happening. I, I can't possibly care about them anymore. It's like, it's like, it's like their, my grievances with them are so minute. They're, the rest of the war is happening. I don't have any time to give a fuck about Bicha and Mondo, which is probably the only reason they're still allowed on the Argama is Bright has the exact same mindset as me. I'm worse off without them. And yet, and yet, he, oh, and yet he was just like, don't, fucking, Rue has one bad day and Bright's ready to just fucking write her off as AWOL forever. And it's like, do you, don't, do you I think don't it was because she, she took the, the one part of the uh, double Zeta? Like, he was like, he's more mad that you just, that you, because, like, Beach and Mono didn't steal anything. Oh, no, they... Damn it, they were spies! <laughs> yeah, but, like, the Argon was they more stole information. Up Zeta. That's true. That's true. They stole intel. Intel is the word. I will say, I, I know you've, you've soured on Bright, or maybe that was just, like, it was all a ruse, but, like, or maybe just the current political climate, and, you're and like, you've become even more radicalized, and now just the idea of anyone who's a soldier is bad. It's both, it's both my own radicalization, and also, Bright I Bright just sucks think... in double Zeta. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I think over the course of his military career, he's just like, I don't know, honestly, even from, I, I don't necessarily know, like, I, I just think, I think it's more that I've, 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 I've been so much more heavily radicalized, I don't, I don't, just, I just don't want to give, I, you don't have to hand it to him, he is still in the fucking military industrial complex, um, but no, it's fine, like, I get it as a character, like, it's, it's uh, yeah. chill. The, 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 I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I just think, Bright, there's a line that made me literally just, like, scream with laughter, where uh, it's in episode 34 when Bright and Judo almost die of smoke inhalation, and Bright, like, there's, like, things are happening, and then Bright just goes, guys, I was not crying, this is from the smoke. <laughs> and I'm just like, I think I, I think I just, I had, like, an empty water bottle, I just threw it at my monitor, like, shut the fuck up, Bright. <laughs> Go cheat on your wife. <laughs> Go cheat on your wife. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's talk about that i don't know <laughs> it's it's honestly like because well my my next thought just now was like well he technically didn't and then my next thought was like yeah he's a pussy for it <laughs> <laughs> can't even cheat on his fucking wife when he wants to he, what a fucking failure <laughs> that's why you got no hoes horrific bright abuse <laughs> You can't, it's just like Beavis and Butthead voice, so you can't even score. <laughs> You're just like verbally flaying him alive. It's just, <laughs> it's Beecha and Mon, it's Beecha, okay, I've already compared them to Bulk and Skull, they are also Beavis and Butthead. <laughs> I, uh, let's talk about Peru. <laughs> Third attempt to talk about Peru. What, what, do, what do you think about Peru? Because meta-narratively, we're, we do, do you want to just immediately address the, the, the problematic nature of Peru before we talk about the things we actually like about her? I mean, honestly, I think one of the reasons that Peru is so much easier to swallow this time around is because we've been here, like, two or three times already, and this is, like, one of the least worst attempts at it, so it's like, she's she's fine, I'm fine with her, I can enjoy, I can enjoy the moments that she's an entertaining character, because it's like, hey, it could be worse... It could be like who was the one I can't even I'm, I I I feel bad for not remembering her name Rosamia. like the girl. Yeah. Rosamia? Could be that. Well cuz like the, the the problematic nature of Peru to me is how like she's very obviously catering to a lolicon. Oh yeah, and I mean like 
Because like even her well, voice that... actress was said that Peru was conceptualized to be cute for an older audience, which is kind of. Uh... And she's yeah, named no, after a that's... porn magazine because <laughs> her name in her name is officially LP Pull, spelled P L E, which is named yeah, after the uh, fucking, uh, hentai magazine you... called. Uh, it's a it was a hentai manga magazine called um, Lemon People, which people just called L People. When you connect the dots like that, when you put it all together. When, when, when you're looking at the whole picture in the face, yeah, that's a big yikes. Yeah. But I, that, I most of that context... That elephant in the room. Yeah, yeah. But uh, most of that context isn't on the surface level of the text. Uh, so you could... So she, she's just a silly... She's just a silly girl. She's just having a fun time, and she really likes judo, and she wants... Uh, she likes taking bubble baths. She likes taking bubble baths. And it's like, so that, that's same. the thing, it's like, Girl I have no same. issue with Peru in the text at all. My issue with her is more meta-narrative. Oh, yeah, no. But, um, like, I feel that Peru is a well, is, like, a good enough character that I can, like, ignore that. Which is, I, I yeah. feel that, like, it, it's not, like, it's, if you haven't seen Double Zeta and you're getting squicked out, it's, like, it's not as bad as you're envisioning in your head right now. Yeah. And Although, I'm pretty if you, sensitive if you to didn't, shit like that, so, like, to... you don't gotta worry. <laughs> This is one of the reasons. This is one of the reasons that we, we that we do, perf- like that we do always suggest coming to class having done the reading because now all this shit we're telling you is like tinting your your first viewing of the thing. Yeah, you're gonna go back and watch it after the fact. It's like, it's like I promise you, like about. if you're, it's not as cynical and bad as you think. It's yeah. not. A, it's like. I, my friend was like once one of my friends not friends but like I saw something on Twitter and it was like a mutual follower who was like some because I made a tweet sometime that was just like you couldn't pay me to give a shit about fate and somebody was explaining fate deep lore to me and sent me like a gif of two very uh, noticeably underage girls like nearly fingering each other like this is important to the lore and I was like I'm never gonna get into fate like that's <laughs> fate is fate is like 300 times grosser than this anime and so it's just like, it's don't like, there is so much shit now in anime that is so much grosser than Peru. And like, I, so don't let, don't think that this is like, well, the first two, the first two episodes of Cross Ang, the only ones I've seen, if there's worse <laughs> shit, I will never know. And don't you dare tell me I'll yell at you. All I know about Cross Ang is that it's in one of the Super Robot Wars games. That's all I know about it. That's why I tried to watch it. Oof. Big mistake. I think it has one of the same writers as Gundam Seed. I don't remember. Mm. <laughs> More like Gundam Sperm. I've made that joke like 90 times. It's not funny. Um, You're so <laughs> fucked up. It's not funny. Uh, but yeah, don't worry. Once again, like if you are if you are getting squicked out, don't worry. It's not it's not that bad. Um, no, but yeah, but she's... Yeah, I want to just address that before we talk about Peru, because I really like Peru as a character. <laughs> She's fun. Honestly, I think it, it depends. It, it'll your mileage may vary because one one difference that she has with the other uh, cyber new cyber new type girls. Uh, man, they're always girls, huh? Don't like that. Um, they're almost always girls. I have I have a um, co- I have I have a thing to say about that, which is my counter argument. Not to not to invalidate what you're going to say, but I I do have uh-huh. a counter argument. Eh? Which is I I know because it's like I don't think Tomino it's it like. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna directly compare Tomino right now to one of my my major enemies, which is Mark comic book Arthur Mark Millar. Ugh. Where I don't think Tomino gets off on murdering women the way like Mark Millar does. 
where it's like Mark Millar's like, yeah, I killed a woman. Look how fucked up this is. I don't think that's what Tomino's doing. I think Tomino's more like, it's like that line that Camille has in Zeta, which on one reading you can take it as incredibly misogynistic, but I don't. Because I'm, I'm trying to go for the mindset. Like, Tomino is like 79 years old. <laughs> yeah. So, Tomino is a 79-year-old Japanese man. And like, I hold Tomino to a different standard than I do somebody like my age or like in their 30s or 40s. Because it's like, Tomino is, a, is an old man from an incredibly conservative country. And like, compare anything in these shows to like Yamato. Yeah. I'll say. Yeah, and that's yeah, like... Yeah. So in the, in, the, in the grand timeline of progress, yeah, this tracks. It's it's a good one of that for the for the era. Uh, sure. Um, and it's like the the line I was talking about with Camille is Camille. There, it's right right when because Camille is reminiscing about all the like female pilots and that he's fought who are titans, and he's lamenting that Fa is becoming a pilot as well. And he's like, man, now all these women are fighting the war too. That's fucked up. And it's less that, like, women are not capable of fighting in a war. Pe- women are not, like, you know, weak or docile or need to be protected. It's more that, like, Tomino, from Tomino's perspective, how I read that was, like, Tomino saying through Camille, or whoever wrote that episode, is saying, like, great, now women's, now the lives of women are just as, like, you know, cheap as men. Like, women can now die yeah, like, just as pointlessly in war as men can. It's bad enough, it's like, I, I do get it on that level, where it's like, it's bad enough that half of the human population has to go to war. Now every, now everybody is getting caught up in this. Because it's um, like, even when someone dies heroically in like a, like a sacrifice in Gundam, someone's, in, it's, the go-to thing isn't like, wow, what a hero. It's like, it's usually like, damn you, why did you have to die such a pointless death? Is like, so I don't, I don't think it's like, Tell me, I was like, it's glorious when a man dies and tragic when a woman dies. I think Tell me, I was just saying, it's like, it's, it's tragic when anyone it, dies, but it's just like women aren't supposed to be fighting because women's lives are sacred. Um, because men's lives uh, have already been reduced to nothing because of war. Sure. Um, it's certainly a be- it's certainly a better. That's that's uh, at least how misogyny. I read it. <laughs> it's a more swallowable misogyny. <laughs> I, and once again, it's like, this is coming from, a, like, a guy who's, like, when he was, when he was, like, our age, it was, like, it wasn't really socially acceptable to socialize with women you weren't married to. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah, it's, it's for sure, I, I For yeah. the circumstances that um, Yoshiki Tomino lived through, this is, like, astounding, but, like... <laughs> um, but what I was gonna say is, like, the, one of the differences between, 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 uh, Puru, who were, like, I think we're like you were talking about this earlier. We're we are kind of we are kind of purposefully mispronouncing her name because the actual pronunciation is aggravating. Yeah, and it's romanized as P L E, uh, yeah. which is like pull. But the way it's written out in katakana and how they will say it, if you just listen to the way they say it, it's just puru. Puru. Yeah. So puru. Um, it's that's it's easier puru. to say. So. Um, <laughs> P L E and... pronounced puru. Ah, uh, much, ah, uh, much, much like the deep eldritch old ones, her true name is unpronounceable by the tongue of man. Like, and like um, when we, what we keep referring to is like the more the Lala archetype, the archetype of Lala soon in 0079, followed by four in Zeta. Um, uh, yeah. Well, also, but then also like all of the all of the cyber all of the tragic cyber new types is that she has less. She has less, and also less intense. Um, like episodes and her episodes Not- are like different than it because once again if, i guess it's her age because she's like 10 years old as opposed to like four it's her was- age and i think she is she is a real she, she came out of the of the cyber new type program 
relatively well. Or like, like she's or one of the best. In my theory, ones. is bo- was born into it almost. Yeah. Like um. So so she doesn't she doesn't freak out as much. She doesn't have too many moments where it. And again, that that has pros and cons, in, in terms of her how you take her character, because when when four or someone else is like is like being like goes from like being super silly it's like oh man this character's annoying but then you're brought down to earth when they have like a breakdown and you're like oh right this is why they're annoying and i should like be more sympathetic to them which is basically camille's take um and then it's judah's take too but it's harder as an audience member to keep that in mind because it's like she most of the time is just kind of fucking around um because <laughs> it's like at heart Prue is also a child <laughs> Yeah, which I feel the show doesn't like forget, and I like when we see Peru too. Where a lot later on, that's why I really like Peru too, because she's such like a dramatic, different character. Um, like Peru two has more reminds with, like, me of um, from Votoms than she does with Peru one. She reminds me of Rackle Edward. Yeah, she she fills kind of a similar role. Yeah, although Rackle Edward does have more often more moments of getting her of getting. There is Radical Edward canonically non-binary, or is she a girl? She's a girl. I just don't think she values gender. <laughs> right on. Same. Um, but but yeah, Ed, Ed Ed did Ed did more stuff. Ed Ed like was the hacker, and she did more active things that were helpful. <laughs> yeah, Ed had more like agency, but I still think that like Peru has a very valuable role in this show. I really oh, like. Yeah, no, like, she's basically their new type bloodhound. <laughs> The thing about, like, in, um, I compare it a lot, I, I compare Peru a lot to Asuka, not, like, because they're similar in any way in terms of, like, character or anything. It's more like, when Asuka shows up in episode 8 or 9 of, of I think it's 8, uh, episode, like, 8 or 9 of Ava, the, the, the energy, you know, because I think episode seven, episode 6 is the one with Ramiel and the Rey, uh, Shinji episode. And then, uh, 7 is Jet Alone. That's the dope-ass Misato episode that everybody says to skip, but fuck you, that's, like, the best Misato episode. How? You can't! I'm so mad at that! I didn't know that. That's awful. People claim that as one of, like, the few skippable episodes of of Ava. I'm like, no, fuck you, Jet Alone is great. Shut your mouth! Every single episode of of Ava is great. Even Magma Diver. Fuck you, Magma Diver's also great. It's not even a full 50 episodes. You can't skip episodes at that point. At that point, every fucking... can you skip lines of a poem, sir? <laughs> um, so, the, like, but the entire energy of Ava as a show changes once Asuka enters the cast, and I feel the same way about Peru, where, like, the energy of the cast changes. And it's like, even if she yeah. doesn't do much plot-wise, she really alters the di- the dynamic of the show, and I like it. Yeah, and I she, like it, but also I, I could easily see, like... I could easily see so many anime fans being like, I, I had, I, I fucking dropped Double Zeta, I couldn't fucking put up with Prue, she was always being so fucking annoying and ruining everything. Just have, dude, just lighten up. <laughs> That's all I gotta say, like, I, I, I just gotta, like, watch, watch Zeta again and then think about Kotz. You will think, what's that Kojima quote? Like, you will think on your words and regret them. <laughs> Because we were talking about that with Kotz, of just like how like you how, you had a really you had a really uh, astute observation about about Kotz when they were when Hayato was uh, had a mo- had a moment of silence thinking about his dead son. Yeah, like just because just like Kotz did such, and I don't even know. I don't think I verbalized this very well at the t- at the time, like like on the actual episode, but like 
Kotz is such an easily hateable character as an audience member. And, like, also, also honestly, like, a lot of people on the crew were also kind of done with Kotz's shit. Like, everybody, every, everybody hates Kotz. Um, and, you know, as an audience, you know, as freaking quote-unquote real people uh, watching these fictional characters, yeah, it's easy to be, like, Oh well, like you've like Kotz, you're gonna you're gonna fucking die. You're doing all this dumb shit. You're gonna get yourself killed, stupid idiot kid. Like why is he doing all this dumb shit? This is a war. Like he's gonna. Oh, I wish he just fucking get blown up already. And then uh, he does. And then he does, and you have to reckon with that. And it's like, oh no. Then you realize that might have been the point of Kotz the entire time. And I always said, I think I said this previously, is that I I feel Kotz like. That the only character I can think of in a show that I not the only character there's characters I dislike but it's like I when I, I some people get like so crazy about like oh I hate this character so much but I, I only ever really feel that way about characters that I feel have no purpose like yeah. if you why are like and the only character that ever comes to my mind really like, what's a character I really hate was like the the sister in Breaking Bad because mm. it's like Marie I think her name was it was it was like uh, the main like Walt's wife's sister who just yeah. like. Every season, there would be, like, a subplot with her to try to keep her in the show, but then it would always fizzle out, never go anywhere, and I was just like, why are you here? Like, I know she she's mostly there so that Hank can be in the show, because Hank is her mm-hmm. husband, but I'm like, if they just made Hank Skyler's brother instead of her, like, brother-in-law, he can still has the same role in the story. Mm-hmm. It's not like, oh, you're my sister's husband, you are my brother, and then, like, the show doesn't change at all. Yeah. And that's the only, and like, I, she's not even that egregious. I just, every time I'm there, I'm just like, you have done, you don't add anything to this show. And like, not every character has to, but it just felt so like, I don't know, it felt so egregious because right. every other character was so, had their role so like well done. And she just kind of is this there. Hmm. And like, I very rarely dislike characters because I look, I, I don't know, it's like Grant Morrison has a great quote, which is like, they're not fucking real. <laughs> 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 where like people get like so like people like hate Asuka and they get like red in the face about how much they hate Asuka from Evangelion or like specific Homestuck characters people are especially insane about this with Homestuck Friska where it's like fuck you hate Friska Friska if you like Friska unfollow me right now it's just like she's not fucking real <laughs> yeah no one's like no 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 one's no one's real legs got severed yeah it's like this is I, I can talk about. I have I have newfound like Andrew Hussey lore to talk about, but I will, I will keep save that for off mic. Oh yeah, no, those are that's. But we talked we talked about Peru enough. Let's get into these episodes. Mm-hmm. We talked around Peru enough. We'll talk about her in context. We're gonna Being skip done through done. some episodes, and we're gonna talk about more ones in detail because we have a lot to cover. Yeah, there, we have a lot to cover, and like some of them. Not much happens. So we get back from Moon Moon, and the only real thing of note that happens at Moon Moon is that the Endra blows up, which was Mashmir's ship, now under the command of Gauton. Um, the survivors of the Endra, including Gauton and his crew, are now aboard the Mindra, and they call themselves the uh, the, the Endra Tai, the Endra Squadron, <laughs> who are going to redeem the lost honor of, of the Endra. So in episode yeah. 17, we meet two new characters, Madchar Mucha and Millie Childer, who I wish were in this show more. Yeah, Gotten's crew is like they're they're on some Team Rocket shit. I, I really like Gotten in these episodes. He was kind of the shining beacon in these last batch of kind of dud episodes. Yeah, because because I because I, I think I did mention I, I mentioned in the last episode I mentioned in our first episode of the of, 
when Goten first kind of gets away from Mashmir is like, without Mashmir there, he truly shows his whole ass as like not actually that much more competent than him. He's uh, just like Goton would not be out of place in Double O Seventy Nine. No, that's the other thing. It, um, so he's 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 more believable as like a classic Gundam character, but also he still is kind of fucking corny. Yeah, like Gotan would not is not like brilliant. He's the most he's more competent than like Chara and Mashmir just by nature of being far less eccentric. Yeah. Like, one of my favorite Gauton moments is uh, in episode, I think, 19, where, like, his guys keep saluting him when they're supposed to be undercover, and he just, like, keeps punching them. Yes, no, that, that saluting great. me. <laughs> because it, it's, it, just, it just hits home. It, it hits home this notion of, like, if you are in Neo Zeon, like, especially if you're a major, if you're, like, a, even a kind of big player in Neo Zeon, you're bought in. You are fucking, you believe the hype, and it's like, you know... That what else is there to do? You've been out in the fucking asteroid belt past Mars for, like, fucking seven years. It takes a certain kind of person to get bought into that type of shit. Because, I mean, there also are just, like, civilians, as we see when they go to Musa, the city on Axis. Yeah. But it's, like, uh, the first episode 17 we're gonna, um, brings, introduces uh, Millie and uh, Madchar. Did you like them at all? Because I wish they were in this show more. Millie with the um, glasses, who's, like, the, the Anaheim engineer. Who I forgot, oh. who, who I just wish was in this show more. Yeah, I do too, because I fucking forgot about her. But no, she's cute. I like her. Because she comes back later when they go back into space. But like, I wish she came down to Earth with them. I think she would have been a nice like addition to the cast. Yeah. She just kind of, she kind of just hangs out in space. And then there's Madchar, who is the, uh, te- the, that Anaha- the AU tech officer who brings them their shiny new cannon. Yeah, and, and then that's when we get the, is that when we get the Hyakushiki back? Yeah, that's next. Because yeah. in this one, um, Bicha and Mondo are not having fun on the Mindra because Gauton's now just treating them like dirt. Just for right, the fuck they're it. still with Neo Zeon at this point. Um, um, Judo makes like a comedic like, we're going to preserve the peace of Moon Moon <laughs> over the, the intercom. And he gets like newfound, you know, vigor to rescue Lena, which is his main motivation for being here at the moment. Uh, the only, so... Uh, uh, in an att- so Gatan is like I'm gonna tells Glammy he steals the Bawu from Glammy and says like I'm gonna g-, and packs like eight dudes into it <laughs> and he's like we're gonna go rescue Chara to redeem the honor of the Endra and it doesn't work because Chara is still like their their maid slave <laughs> on the Argama it just doesn't work um that that's uh, that was episode sixteen and then seventeen has them uh, so finally they set they get the the um, Piyakushiki. And they, uh, or no, the Hyakushiki might come in later, I don't remember, but they, uh, they hook up the, the laser cannon to the, um, the new, the new particle cannon to the Argama, which is, like, the strength of, like, the colony laser. It's, like, scary power, and Bright's really not hyped to have this. Um, and Madchar keeps saying, like, test it out, we're gonna blow up access with this, test it out, and then, while they're trying to test it out, Chara tries to escape, and, uh, Gauton attacks again, and not much happens else. Oh, no, what does happen in this episode is a Cubelay shows up when they get into Axis space. Yeah. It's a, it's a blue Cubelay and uh, with a young pilot who isn't Haman, even though everyone immediately is like, oh, fuck, that's a Cubelay, we're dead, oh, God. Because <laughs> Haman was, like, owning everybody at the end of Zeta. God. So, um, we cut to episode 18, Haman's Black Shadow, which I think is the first, like, really, really good episode of Double Zeta. Yeah, no, this is a good one. Um, so... 
at this point, after um, after the fight with the Cubelay, uh, he has a weird kind of like Amor- Judo has a weird Amaro Lala style like, oh, who is this kind of like new type resonance, which is adding into Peru being that role of this show. Judo is a sl- the the Mindra docks with access to try to like you know they've they've essentially just been out since Moon Moon and they need repairs and whatnot and supplies. Haman is officially gathering her forces to start the formal invasion of the Earth. So the one, the, the first Neozeon War is about to actually start 18 episodes into the show. There have been no stakes up till now. So Judo immediately realizes that the plan is to just try to blow up Axis before and they can do anything. And like, Bright's kind of like, aren't there civilians? Like a lot of them on Axis and Madcharge just like, doesn't matter. It's, we're going to, it's all worth it to kill Haman. And so Judo's like, wait. They're going to blow up Axis. He has, like, that, like, Lisa needs braces, like, epiphany. Like, they're going to blow up Axis. Lena's on Axis. They're going <laughs> to blow up Lena. Oh, they're going to blow up Lena! <laughs> <laughs> and so he just, like, dips He dips in his core fighter and uh, just zooms off towards Axis. Everyone's like, but Judo, what the fuck? So then uh, he smuggles himself into Axis. This is a great episode. No, yeah, no. These th- This was some of my fav- favorite fucking episodes. Judo just... One, like Metal Gear soliding his way into fucking Axis and so, but for yeah. no military purpose whatsoever just to get his precious Emoto back mm-hmm. and so uh, Beecha and Mondo at this point are fully done with, with, with Gotten and his goons like fucking with them to the point where they like start wreaking havoc in a, in a Bawu which Lena just is so done with Glammy like the my I think the best one of the best scenes on the Lena side of this episode is like she's hanging out in the cockpit of the Bawu with Mondo and Beecha. Cause Beecha and Mondo were like, wait, Lena, get get in here. <laughs> yeah, right. They just they just they just pick her up and be like, ah shit. And then Glemmy's like, get down here or I'll spank you. And Lena's like, what the fuck, dude? Yeah. <laughs> she's just like, stop it. Stop talking like that. Stop talking to me. I don't know you. <laughs> And, uh, meanwhile, uh, Peru is running around the, the palace, which is, uh, um, and th- she's taking a bath and is immediately like, oh my god, it's that guy from the Double Zeta. I gotta go, I'm gonna go play with him. Because, once again, Peru is acting like a ten-year-old. <laughs> and Peru runs out and just hangs out with Judo and, like, makes him, like, eat ice cream whole. Like, I, I like how, like... She's like, here, eat this Sunday, and he's like, okay, but I gotta go get Lena. So he just like downs it really quickly, and then she's so impressed by this, she just makes him like swallow ice cream cones whole for like an hour. I like that scene. I don't know. I think it's really funny, and I like I like Judo. Like, you can tell I like Judo is incredibly good natured, but he's just like kind of at his wits end. But he's like polite enough about it. Yeah, he's like he he doesn't. He's only rude to like people he feels d- deserve it otherwise he's an incredibly personable nice he's a nice boy like he's like he's like uh, he's like a more social camille because camille you can tell like didn't really fuck with people much but he was deeply like an empathetic and caring loving person yeah with just, yeah, with yeah. just like a, a hair trigger temper mm-hmm. but yeah, like yeah, judo is judo is much like when when Jude Alf, when Jude Alf throws down, it's not, it's, I mean, it, it can be out of, like, obviously it's out of emotion and anger, but I feel like most of the time, if he, when, when he actually swings on somebody, you'll never get him to, like, regret it. It's like, oh man, I got too mad, I shouldn't have done that. Like, no. He's like, nah, I, I fought that fool, I wanted to, and I'm glad I did. Yeah, like, like with Camille, whenever Camille got in a fight, he'd just be like, I shouldn't have done that, I did a stupid mm-hmm. thing. 
And usually that's that was what happened with usually whenever Camille got into a fight, it was never a good idea, and it ended badly for him like every time. Um. Yeah. Judah fucking throws Judah throws down with Wong. <laughs> Double Zeta would be a very different show if Camille didn't punch Jared in the face. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um. <laughs> Camille's mother would still be alive. Oh. But, uh, so, Peru just keeps kind of fucking with Judo, and she's like, oh, yeah, I know where your sister is. Like, she's at the palace, so Judo goes to the palace, but then, like, Peru just kind of fucks off to go take a bath. And Judo's like, I'm not gonna wait for you, so I'm just gonna wander around. And he bumps into Haman. Well, like, Haman's, like, sunbathing in a bikini on, like, a balcony. Her hair's, like, wet and, like, not done. And it just makes me wonder, like, how much time does Haman put into her into getting her hair into specifically that shape? Probably. She she probably has, like, at least two attendants doing it in the morning when she gets up. Oh, yeah. So she's hum- sitting there, she's sitting there with, like, a little, like, a, a little, like, a little saucer, like, like, a, like, a, like, an extremely elegant little saucer for her coffee in the morning, and she's, like, when, so and then somebody, like, a Neozeon, like, Ensign is, is, like, next her, to her. that white-haired dude, her, like, attendant. Yeah, he's, like, debriefing her for the day while two, while two bitches do the shit out of her hair. And two other ones do her toes. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, it's like Haman, Good evening, Haman has this the podcast is now about Haman Karn's feet. Um how she ha- that, that, I I feel that's maybe maybe that's why the Neozeon soldiers are so dedicated to her cuz fight serving along the Neozeon military is the only way to access her only fans. Hunting <laughs> for Haman Sama's feet. No! <laughs> Hashtag Haman Karn feet pics. <laughs> I don't know if that's the most cursed thing I've said on this podcast or not. That's see, that's it's that's that's a hat that's a hashtag on the on the on the Zabi on the Zeon Reddit. Thirsting over Haman will also get you banned. God, yeah. Uh, The hashtag like hashtag release the feet tapes. R like R slash Haman Karn is like the the was made in like by people exiled from fucking (laughs) and they're like now I truly understand what living on Axis was like. I would say that. Oh god, these imaginary redditors in my head. <laughs> oh man. So um, she like immediately. She, like I love that look of her so much. She has fucking shutter shades. <laughs> it's so good. She has and she just like shades, snaps like, oh, up and is like, "I smell Char. Char is here." <laughs> Which adds to your theory that she replaces that she mistakes Judo's new type energy for fucking Char. Yeah. I think I, I thought that was literally what it is. Like she sensed, like she senses somebody is like this presence is that Char. Like she Obi Wan's him. Yeah, she's just like this feeling Char Asnable. Yeah, and uh, she gets out. She gets up and like uh, Judo this just kind of she like kind of acro- accosts him with a gun, and he's just like, "Oh shit!" <laughs> That's just how Haman says hello. And like he, she like she's like, "Who the fuck are you?" Like she takes like two shots at his feet, and he's like, "Oh god!" And like and like honestly, like. Judo isn't even necessarily lying. He's just like he is earnestly caught off guard. He doesn't know who she is. Yeah, he is straight up is like, oh, who are you? <laughs> I'm just here to get my fucking sister, dude. Oh god. Part of me wonders, like, part of me wonders if there's a way that conversation would have gone where she'd just be like, "Ugh, is what is that all you need, Glemmy?" Glemmy, give him, give him the sister back. What did I tell you? Stop being, stop it. Everyone talks about you. It's weird. 
Uh, Glummy's the worst. Um, but at that point, uh, Mondo and Beecher crash the Bawu into, like, the palace. I'm surprised they weren't just executed for this immediately. Like, they're still kind of okay. They're still kind of with the, uh, Neo Zeon for another episode. Like, they would have just been, like, two behind the neck, two behind the temple, like, immediately. Yeah, no, Haman would have shot sure. them herself. God, so- something, I don't know, something about them. I mean, they are, like, all of Judah's posse are some level of new type, right? Yeah, they all are. Maybe they just, maybe they just, like, that's their subconscious power, is, like, they project an aura that just makes no one take them seriously enough. It's to, a like, projection of, like, animosity and endearment, where you're like, <sighs> okay. <laughs> yeah, like, they, they deal with them every time. No one, they will never face consequences for their actions. <laughs> They will never face severe consequences. Yeah, 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 exactly. It, it gets it gets told that like they'll never, they'll never hit it big. They'll like the, they'll never win, but they'll never lose. <laughs> I still I like Beecha. I like Beecha and Mondo. I, yeah. I like them because they suck. Oh yeah, no, for sure. Um. So the next episode, so that that episode ends with Peru attacking Judo in the Cubelay and they fight again. And then Judo kind of knocks her away. It's just like, I need to get my real sister. And Peru's like, I hate you. But, um, Eno shows up and he, with the rest of the double Zeta pieces. And he's like, Judo, let's get back to the, to the Argama. We're going to blow, we're going to fire the thing. And Judo's like, nah, I gotta go get Lena. I know she's on creepy Glemmy's ship. And then he dips around. That's where the next episode happens. Yeah. Which is episode nine, Peru and Axis. This one has one of my favorite jokes. Where, um, because at this point, uh, Haman is about to take off in the Sadalon, her new big flagship. Her third one, because the other two got blown up in Zeta by the Titans. <laughs> the Sadalon. Um, so they're let, they're, all their forces are now launching to, to, for their invasion. And, um, Glemmy launches in his in the Sandra this time, while uh, Judo sneaks aboard. Uh, he 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 sneaks aboard in the Double Zeta somehow. Um, he but pretty much get get immediately gets captured, and he gets thrown into a into like jail cell. He's like completely and utterly hogtied, because like um, I forget the I forgot the con- it was Ju- Judo was just like yeah I surrender I have no I have no love for the AU I'm just here for my sister which is pretty much the truth. Yeah. <laughs> And then he's just like, what does Rue Luca say about me? And he was just like, or no, he's like, wait, you're the judo Rue was talking about. So out of like a bit of like childish jealousy, just like, fuck you, judo. But then Peru, Peru like takes off like a ceiling panel and like Metal Gear's her way to let uh, him in. And they talk for a bit and there's like a screen transition. And then suddenly Peru is tied up on the ground. <laughs> That was just, it was a really funny gag. Oh yeah, no, I forgot about that bit. Yeah, that was cute. And he was just um, like, I don't trust you, I gotta get my sister. Sorry, thanks for rescuing me though. Jeez. And so at this point, um Mondo and Beach are so finally like, we're done, fuck this. And they steal the double zeta from the hangar. Uh, and they're like, we're oh, gonna yeah, go back to the I, I think at that point Yeah, at, at that point they believe um, cause like, you know, it, it is the truth that he doesn't have a lot of love for the AU, but it is like, regardless of whether it is the truth or not, he is saying that to gain access to the facility. 
And it's Glemmy. Uh, Glemmy tells them to Glemmy tells Beach and Mondo to paint it Xeon colors. Yes. And then and then and then they're like, oh fuck, but but like Beach and Mondo, since they themselves are also loyalist shitheads, just sort of shrug and go like, I guess Judah fucking change sides. Oh well, we can let's take his shit. <laughs> Rule laws of the streets. Oh man. And I love them for that. And uh, at this point things just get worse, because there's the Mega Rider. We didn't talk about the Mega Rider. Ooh. Do you remember the Mega Rider? It's the big motorcycle thing for the for the that the Mark II uses. Oh yeah, that it's it's that's so wild. It's that's such a weird thing. Like conceptually, I like it, but like in terms of design, it's a little silly looking. But I kind it's like oh, it's just a transport mobile suits long distances, <laughs> and they use it in the desert a lot. So you can fit like three mobile suits on it, but it kind of looks like a motor su- motor uh, mobile suit motorcycle, which is pretty silly. Yeah, but in concept, I like it. They, uh, Elle shows up with a Mega Rider, and, um, they try to get Lena out there, but just, uh, there's just all the, all the chaos, it doesn't happen. Like, Glemmy's trying to chase, like, uh, the Double Zeta out of the, uh, hangar, but Judo's on top of the Bawu right in front of its camera, so all Glemmy can see is, like, Judo's ass. He's like, what is this shit on the camera? Fuck this! And it's just, they all end up back at the, um... <laughs> when they all end up back at the Argama and like they're all just in jail with with Chara, <laughs> like Bright just throws them all in timeout. They get put in the they get put in the Ideon cage. They get put, <laughs> there's like five of them in there watching a fucking TV. <laughs> so uh, episode twenty is uh, twenty and twenty one are a two parter. This is the Cryberry Baby Cecilia episodes where they go back to the moon. Mm-hmm. The, the, the Argama finally stops back at Granada for the first time since the ending of Zeta. Well, since, since like, you know, the last time they were there in Zeta. Yeah. We get some Taurus, but these are Taurus-centric episodes. The two Cecilia ones, because Cecilia's, like, Taurus's childhood friend. Yeah, yeah, no, yes, I, I... I liked it, I liked these episodes. Yeah, this was, these, these are the kind of the farewell to Gaton. This is like the end of the Gaton arc. As I what, so, what did I consider this arc? I have my notes here because episodes two through eight are the Shangri. Because episode one is the recap, so episodes one through eight are the Shangri La arc. Nine through thirteen are the Lavian Rose arc. Fourteen through fifteen are the Moon Moon arc. Uh, Sixteen to nineteen is the Back to Access arc, and then 20, 21 and twenty twenty and twenty one are the Cecilia arc. So that's where we are. Mm-hmm. So Cecilia, um, I feel like Cecilia is like Diet Miharu. For sure, for sure, yeah, I got vibes like that, too. Because this is very much like the tragic Kai-Miharu episode. I think that this one ends almost a little sadder, because, like, we'll get to it, but, like... like, like I, I, Not to disparage the Miharu episode, the Miharu episode is, like, probably one of the hardest-hitting ones of all of 0079. It, like, it... I would, I would say that it establishes... It establishes Gundam as Gundam. Like, like this is what Gundam is. The Miharu episode, right? Like, yeah. That's the best Kai ep- uh, What I want to do is I was inspired by Red Letter Media. I'm going to cut this. Red, inspired by Red Letter Media where they did like a, their, Rich and Mike did their top 10 episodes of, um, of, of, uh, of TNG. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking we should do the same thing. But after we watch the TV series of 0079 where we do what's our favorite episodes of like all the Tomino directed anime, uh, Gundam shows, we pick like 10. Fuck yeah. And we see how much we overlap, because <laughs> we probably overlap more than they did, because I'd, like, best episode, we probably just be like, Amaro's mom episode. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the one with Amaro's mom. No, uh, that, oh, what karate would, Zuck. 
Yours would be like, number one, Cuckoo's Don't Island, mine, the one where Lala dies. Because <laughs> that also might be one of the best episodes of Gundam. Oh, good lord. Um, yeah, I, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm interested, because, because you know I've only seen the movie trilogy, so I am interested in, in we seeing will do the We will do the ser- the TV series, but I, I will say we're going to do that, we're going to take a break from Gundam after Charles Counterattack, and when we get back to Gundam, we'll do the TV series. Yeah. And then I was thinking we'd, we'd split up the TV series exactly the way the movies do, so we'll watch the movies together and then record. And then we'll compare the TV, we'll have a segment where we compare the TV series to the movies. Because like we'll that. have them directly both fresh in our head. Yeah. I do, like, I fucking, like, I, I don't rewatch media a whole lot because there's new shit to watch all the time, and I'll die someday. My counter-argument um, to that is that the new shit that's coming out is not good. <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, also it's less about new shit. There's a, there's also an ever there's also a backlog of shit that I'll play. like. E- Devin, even if everyone stopped making media, I'm not gonna catch up. Um, yeah, my well, so, it's funny. I, I was lamenting the fact that um, you know, video games are just terrible these days. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that like we're in like a dark age of video games, in my opinion. We're in a dark age of I would say we're in a dark age of triple-A video games. We're in a dark age of big bu- mainstream media, big-budget video games. We are in a renaissance of indie video games. Yes. That, that is the truth. But what I'll, what, I'll say to th- what I'll say to that is that I was, I was lamenting that, like, man... And my friend, my friend Zayakon was just like, well, when you finish learning Japanese, then you will have just the PlayStation 1 and 2 library of, non- of games that never came out in English are open to you, and then you'll never run out of video games for as long as you live. That's very true. Just learn Japanese, and the amount of video games you can play will quadruple itself. Nah, yeah, shit. Um, but um, what I was gonna say is that I always, I, I'm always down to rewatch the fucking Gundam trilogy. Uh, the movies, oh, they're like, so good. Fuck yeah. That is, fuck yeah. Anytime someone's just like, I don't know if I want to get into Gundam, I'm like, here, we'll watch the movies, and if you like these, you're starting the series tonight. Bam, bing, bam, boom. Because, like, I, my, my rule is you can watch, like, ideally you watch the show first, and then you get the movies. But you have to watch both. That's my rule. <laughs> mm-hmm. The order you do them is up to you, but you have to watch both. Mm-hmm. And I can understand that, because it's just like, if you're like, I don't know if I can put up with 70s animation for f- f- 40-something episodes. I'm like, well, then watch the movies, and you'll see how fucking dope they are, and then you're going to watch the show. Yeah. Because you're just going to have, because let the, sh- you're, yeah. So, uh, so Cecilia, we, the Argama, this is where we, so you can talk about Wong. You had stuff you want to say about Wong, because when the Argama docks, Wong starts bitching at Bright, like, when are you going to get to Earth and stop him on? And Bright's like, bro, we literally are just like four mobile suits in a ship that barely works. Yeah, I, I feel like Wong fundamentally has like other, has like, he's still very much in like Zeta Gundam mode, and everyone around him is like, dog, you, you you fundamentally misunderstand the current climate. Like, the AU's, like, the AU's gone, basically. The AU, there is no central AU leadership anymore. Like, we don't, we aren't, like, a sizable military force. We're, we're now, like... They barely were before. Like, we, we are now, like, we, they, and they, and they were before because Char was the, like, Quattro Bagina was the leader. Like, he, you had a... Like you had you had a central leader in Blexforer who was then killed or replaced by by Char, not killed mm-hmm. by Char, but he was you know shockingly Char he was he on his dying 
on his deathbed, he was like, Char, you are now the leader of the Aug, and Char, you know, that was a big part of Char's role, of Char's yeah. character arc in, in Zeta. Oh my god, did I just get a legitimate promotion for the first time in my life? Wow, I, I, did I earn this? I didn't do the, wait, did I? Did I Bless, kill before him? you I, die, please, please just tell me that I didn't kill you. Um, wait, you wouldn't know, I'm way too good. <laughs> I love Char. I love that fucking moron. Miss that boy. What's he up to? Who could say? We'll find out soon. I probably know exactly what he's doing, but I can't reveal it until you finish the series. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but, uh... Um, but, 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 fucking... Yeah, yeah, no, um... Because the... Well, the main thing, the main thing with Wong is I enjoy that, like, we, we, we get the whole, like... Because Camille had that whole arc, had that whole, like, mini, like, that whole character growth of, like understanding the situation from Wong's perspective and, like, you know, yes, like, you know, not all, like, some, it turns out some adults deserve respect. Um, Or, like, Camille, you are now, you are in a military organization now and you can't just, like, do whatever the fuck you want. And, but Judah's like, but Judah is just like, I didn't sign no papers, and this dude's an asshole. Uh, <laughs> Does not waste a second and beats the shit out of him. Just beats the sh- yes, and like, and I think honestly, like, it mirrors it mirrors the same. I, I think it's an intentional parallel. Oh yeah, it has to. A hundred percent. They're like, we're gonna do the Camille scene, but we're but Judah is gonna be Judah about it, and it's gonna. I th- and the best part is, it's like nothing really fucking comes of it because, like, yeah, no. We we aren't in Zeta Gundam anymore. Like, we aren't in the mil- like We aren't in the military anymore, as we understood it in the One Year War and the Grips Con- and the- Is this Grips Con- or was that the- this was the Titan- Zeta's the, the Grips, Grips Conflict, Con- and then the, yeah. the Grips Conflict doesn't really quite end and more just morphs into the first Neo Zeon War. Right, which is the reality of how war actually works, is they just find a new war almost immediately. There was maybe like a three, four week period where there was no active conflict. Well, if you count, if you if you consider the events of Gundam Sentinel canon, then the Grips conflict just kind of escalated into a feder- a mini Federation civil war. Yeah, which, which I which I could buy. Like I think right now in the plot of Gundam Sentinel is like the finale of that book is happening like right now. Yeah, and and I, but but the thing that but the thing that made me think about because I I had been thinking about it but wanted to wait until we were deeper in the series because I wanted to see where because like I Z- Zeta Gundam Zeta Gundam in the beginning at the very least proved itself like okay I, I won't ask for things I'll just wait and see because I trusted enough to like show me eventually but like I. I've been shaky, even in Zeta Gundam, I've been shaky on how the AU and to what intensity is it directly affiliated with the Federation at this point. I don't think at all, because from my understanding of the AU's, like, the AUG was formed by a member of the Federation government, which was Blex Forer, who was a one-year war veteran, uh, military veteran who then became a politician. So he created mm-hmm. this like splinter resistance army to combat the Titans that now were running completely amok in space. Um, yeah. The Titans had such a grip on the Federation military and government that many 
members of the Federation either, like, secretly aided the Aug by giving them weapons and supplies, and people like Bright, who just actively defected. Right. And then, after the Day of Dakar, the Federation actively dismissed the Titans, and then the Titans became their own, like, separate faction entirely. Yeah. Where the Titans and the Federation were at war officially, and I like, and I think that a sizable chunk of the Federation military went to also, like, aiding the Aug in those final battles. But the Aug and the Federation were never, the, like, the, the Feder, like, the Aug don't answer to the Federation really since the death of Black's Forer. They are, like, their own, like, paramilitary resistance organization. Then I guess I'm confused, because, I mean, we haven't gotten to this episode yet later, but, like... They're in Dublin, right? Yeah, so, like, what the fuck, like, like, you get, like, like, oh, we're gonna decommission the Argama, like, that's not your, that's not your ship. Yeah, and that's, I think, exactly, like, that was a little baffling, because I think it's more just there, like, well, Bright, you technically never formally resigned, so we're technically still your boss. Yeah, like, that, I didn't get that at all. That's what, how I, it's, it's, that was kind of a weird non sequitur. Because Bright hasn't really been part of the Federation military since, like, he took over command of the Argama. From, 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 uh, from Henkin, rest in peace. Yeah, no, yeah, for, for sure. Huh. Yeah, I don't know, because that, 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 that was, that was my main question about the AU, because that, that's honestly, the AU, that's what I assumed. The AU take more orders from, like, Anaheim Electronics. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like that's why that's what Wong is. Wong is literally like a court, like on the executive board of Anaheim Electronics. And the uh, what was this? He shows up a few times in Zeta, but Melanie Hugh Carbine, who is um, the CEO and owner of uh, Anaheim, is uh, also like because while Blex and then later Char are are like the leader of the AU, they were still like, well, you got to answer to us because we're the ones who fund you. Yeah, and you're using all of our mobile suits. Because ninety percent of the Titans mobile suits weren't made by Anaheim; they were all made by like in-house Federation developers. Mm-hmm. So Anaheim, pretty, <laughs> and then I think even some of them are based off of Anaheim technology. So they're you're even like you know pumping the Titan side to like create the sustain their own market because military industrial complex, which is the dark side of the AU, where it's like we really we literally are funded by the military industrial complex. Yeah, I mean you you pretty much have to be to wage any kind of legitimate war, like. And so that's the that, and I feel that's like the sad, that's the sad, sucky part of the AU. But that's like it's so sad in a realistic way. But uh, that's that's at least my understanding of the AU. And right now, where the AU is, there is no centralized leader. Maybe Bright? Question mark. <laughs> I hope not. Bright can barely keep the Argama going. <laughs> Bright can barely keep Bright. The Argama is like in the current in the state that like the the solo ship is and be invoked. The the Argama at its best in this series is like the solo ship at its worst. Bright is Bright is slow. I feel like Bright is slowly losing it because like towards the end there, he really is just cracking. And like, because I remember it was one line in, in, a, in an episode later on, like, like Jude, I was like, don't like, like don't like, don't you want to see your family or something like that? And Bright's like, you have a fan, like, oh, you're like, you have a family. And Bright's like, yeah, and I'll see them if we live. Yeah, I'll see them I, again if we live. That's my, at least I brought that up in the first episode of my in my characterization of Bright, which is like how I see Bright as like this is like him dissociating because of how much guilt he feels over like how many people died under his command at the Battle of Griffs. Like, yeah. Cots is dead, Emma's dead, Henkin's dead, everybody's dead, and he was in com- in command. 
and he's just left and he's just like he really is just going through the motions and they're not even work it's not even it's not working this time nothing's working this time and, and like so he's Bryce just at the point where it's like there's a moment at the in the last episode that i think you're really gonna like that i like a lot and kind of redeems how much i dislike bright in this series mm-hmm. but it, it contextualized bright a bit more yeah no I, i'm i'm willing to buy that i'm willing to enjoy that the, the uh, last episode of double eight is fucking awesome but uh, let's. Let, do you want to talk about Cecilia? <laughs> Get these two episodes out of the Shit, way. Shit! Why do we? Her and Cecilia, we can't talk about it. So Cecilia is this redheaded um, waitress who is, I guess, not Taurus's girlfriend, but childhood friend who definitely is romantically mm-hmm. interested in Taurus. Yes. And and like I I like we get to I don't know I like Taurus a lot so I'm glad he like he's been he's become more of a minor character from an ascent the, the extra he was in Zeta. And, uh, they go to get pizza, and they over- well, Judo chokes on pizza in the bathroom- and goes to the bathroom to, like, ca- cough it up. He overhears Cecilia talking to Gauton, who she's gonna, like, plant bombs on the Argama. In exchange for her family, like, being able- allowed to evacuate Granada. And so Gauton is really kind of going full, like, Z- old- classic old-school Zeon war crimes. Mm-hmm. Where he's trying to just destroy the city of Granada because that would destabilize the AU pretty much to the point of oblivion. We're gonna hit him in their wallets because <laughs> that's all they got left. Very true. Um, so throughout this episode, with the um, and the next one, like she kind of has a change of heart where she really decides she doesn't want to do it and go through with it, and so Taurus like really criticizes her like. Because she's like, Taurus, let's get out of here. I, even though I did all this bad thing, like, at least we can be, we can escape together to side six. And he's just like, no, come, why are you, so, stop being such a coward. Like, I, I, this is not the kind of person I would, I want to even like. Yeah, and then also, he, he's just sort of looking at her like, I, I voluntarily, jo- like, I want to fight. Like, I want to be here. Like, There's Taurus your, your fundamentally was- misunderstanding. Like, Taurus very much seems like he wasn't even a part of the Federation. He was a civilian that volunteered to the AUG. Yeah. Taurus is like 1920. Yeah, and, and, and... Yeah, it's weird, because it's like on... I feel like you could look at at, at this episode... Was it was it, was it a two-parter, or it's was it just one episode? I feel like you really could look at this two-parter and be like... Yeah, skip it. But like, I don't know. I was compelled watching it. Like, yeah, these it was... are. This is when the series starts getting really good. I think is around here. There's there. We go into a, we go into a dip again, but then we come back out of it. But this is when the um... show starts like really shining. I think. Because uh, the episodes culminate in like there's a battle on the surface that damages the city, and the uh, with some of Gauton's cronies. Uh, then in the next episode, full on. Chara escapes and take because she's still here. I like I like how they stopped drawing her with makeup. Yes, they like, I like intentionally that did that. That was a good detail. That like, of course, she doesn't have her crazy lipstick and eyeliner anymore. It's been days. It's been weeks. They 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 also do this. I mean, they do the same thing with Haman. Like they make it very clear that like Haman puts on makeup, which means that sometimes contextually she isn't always wearing it. Um, and I said, how dare you? I don't deserve to see her like that. Uh, <laughs> uh, Chara takes Cecilia hostage, and I thought that was actually a really good scene. 
like their mm-hmm. whole dynamic. Like it was that was that was I liked that that was it, it was tense, and so right after she gets freed, uh, she manages to she like pleads with Taurus to like come on like let's just get out of here fuck the Aug fuck the, the Neo Zeon I don't care I, let's just get out of here together, and he's like as he said like no I literally volunteered for this I'm not going to do that and so she's kind of motivated to like. Because she's sitting on there with a, with the last bomb on the, uh, with her, like, terrible family. Yeah. On the escape pod out, the Cassiopeia. I don't know why I remember the name of the ship. Yeah, and she's just, she opens up the, the briefcase. She's like, oh, this is another bomb. I know what I gotta do. This, like, I want to be the, to- the person that Taurus thinks I can be. And so she gets into a normal suit, floats out of there, and then literally blows herself up in, in killing Gaton and all of his cronies. And the saddest part of that episode to me is how, like, Judo sees her die and feels it. Because he's like, Cecilia, what are you doing while this is happening? But then, like, Taurus, after, like, is just like, I-, I hope you're safe out there, Cecilia. Maybe we'll see each other again when I visit Side 6 and this is all over. And I was like, oh, Taurus, you don't know. Yeah, he does not know and no one tells him. And I was I thought that, at, like, not that the Miharu episode is less tragic, but that's, like, I-, I-, I think that's almost a little more tragic than, like, Kai sitting there openly weeping. Because at least yeah, Kai no. had closure for that in a in a sad way. It's sadder for us, the audience. Yeah, it's sadder for Kai and sadder for us, the audience. I think the Mihari episode is still better because that's one of the best episodes ever made. But like, I feel a little I feel a little bad calling her Diet Miharu, but like that's kind of what she is. I don't. <laughs> I I like, but I liked those episodes. Even I remember like when I when I was like when when, when Cecilia showing up, I remember her because I it was kind of like I remembered Cecilia distinctly from this chunk of episodes. I didn't, I didn't remember. I thought she was a one-off character, but I forgot it was a two-parter. Mm-hmm. Because they go by. these episodes, Those episodes had a brisk pace, so you didn't really feel the, the, the two-parter. Yeah, I got through this batch quick once I actually, like, sat down and fucking watched them. So next up, we have the uh, Earth Invasion arc, uh, which is, um, let's see, which ones exactly are that? That's 22 and 23, which is Judo Launch, which is, uh, oh, this is the first time we meet Rock On, Docker On. Want to talk about Rock On for a moment? Even though he does more in the back and like late, way later on, but uh, he's kind of I, as I described him, he's like the Zeon version of Crazy Ass. Uh, yeah, no, I mean he's I, I don't have there's not much detail. He's just a big, huge man, and I like to see him. A big, huge, really mean man. Yeah, he doesn't have any sleeves. You can't. Like he's just too ripped. <laughs> it like if it like. That's the sign of a badass in in I in any faction in the universe of Century is like once you get to a certain level of just like crazy badass you rip your sleeves off. Char did it. Yeah. That's why Char had to work out his glam muscles. I'm sh- like like I'm shocked Dazzle had sleeves. Well, Dazzle made up for his sleeves with his gigantic spike spike shoulder pads. Very true. Yes. Yeah. You either you either lose the sleeves or get more accessories. Like Gamago- like straight up, Dazzle's outfit is so iconic that Gamagori is entirely like a, a homage to Dazzle Sabi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. From from Kill a Kill. <laughs> um. Oh, I remember this one. This is the one where he's like, "I'm gonna rescue Lena again," and he like loads up. He <laughs> covers himself in grenades and covers the, the double Zeta entirely in bombs. Uh, yeah, and then honestly, Eno gets that trapped in the wires. <laughs> that was when I started to worry that like things would start dragging because it's like, 
oh, we're having there's there's gonna be multiple failed attempts to rescue Lena. Like, oh, jeez, I didn't I didn't realize this was gonna be like a thing. Like, I don't know. It just it was it was a it was like a pang of like, oh no, is this getting worse? Like. <laughs> So this one is neat because he he fights with with Rock on a bit before he he before he's like I'm covered in bombs I'll blow this entire fu- I'm fucking crazy and he he goes straight into Haman's ship and then Haman shows up in the hangar and she's like you come over here <laughs> and this is when she this is when she's like gives him the full like Darth Vader join me speech yes before nearly Frenching him God. We don't know. I I don't believe that she would have used tongue. I I just like the complete look of confusion on Judo's face. Like, wait, what is happening? Yeah. What yeah. is this energy? I don't. <laughs> but um, Judo is kind of just. She's like, I'll, I'll get you, Lena, and he's like, I don't, I don't trust you. But uh, I think he gets rescued by Elle and Rue at that point. And mm. they managed to uh, to dip. That I think that's what that's that was that episode twenty three was the oh yeah twenty three was great so twenty three reminds me felt like a Zeta episode where there this is the one where they're um it opens with Glenn, with Peru coming back after being gone for like three or four episodes where Peru has like is like she's in a like a traditional Zeon pilot suit she has the like the brain the the, the cyber new type brain gear on and Glenny is just like essentially doing what like happened to Rosamie like Judo is not your brother he's your enemy like he's just brainwashing Peru to make her into the perfect oh yeah yeah, yeah 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 I remember that part now yeah which again like they 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 did that to other cyber new types that fucking yeah and so um Haman's very smart about her earth invasion cause she's just gonna like like She's not gonna waste her time just attacking any everywhere. She's just gonna drop drop straight onto Dakar. If you remember from you know, Zeta, that was the capital of the Federation now since the destruction of Jaburo. <laughs> yeah. And so, well, Jaburo I think was like the temporary because that was like that was like the head of the Federation military was the head it was mm-hmm. Jaburo. They they actually referenced it because the the Titans and and the military was set up at uh, Kilimanjaro, where four dies in Zeta. That was the replacement of Jaburo, and the government head is in Dakar. Like, that's where the Federation government is. Because those are separate entities. And so, um... Uh, Halans is gonna drop straight into Dakar. So, we have this, a cool, uh, battle. Bicha finally gets into the Hyakushiki, which he doesn't deserve. No, yes, yeah, I fucking... Stop it, I hate it. Every time he gets in there, I'm like, get the fuck out of there. You oh don't deserve God. it. Like, it... Like if it, I, I, I guarantee you, if that was a manual transmission car, he'd be grinding the shit out of the gears. It's like char is off somewhere, just like you don't deserve screaming. that sixty nine charger. Yeah, right. Like I, I just feel like man. Like I know char's doing other shit, but like if I didn't know that, I'd be like, yo, char should just show up right now because like no, I need the fucking. Stop it! Not allowed. Just backhand. Just not even backhand. Just stare. Just wordlessly stare at Beach until he gets out of the Yakushiki and just leaving it. Just picks just pl- plucks him out of it. Like picks Beecha up by the scruff, throws him out of the Yakushiki. Um, which I, I do. I I appreciate that they that they that they literally say almost emphatically. 
almost as a way to be like, like you're not getting a new model out of this. <laughs> like we built it exactly the same. From like the the husk of the torso that was left from the grips conflict. Yeah, um, I do. Part of me does wish it's like, well, I mean, if you're gonna rebuild it, I do wish that we could have gotten like a cool new Hyakushiki design, like a Hyakushiki custom or something. But Beecha doesn't yeah. deserve it. No, you're right. Beecha doesn't deserve. There's a couple uh, designs for like I, I uh, for like the Hyakushiki Kai. Let's see if I can. It has like a machine gun like shoulder. Mm-hmm. Like uh, yeah, this is the this is the Hyakushiki Kai. Then there was the prototype for the mass production type that never mm-hmm. came out. I don't know if this one ever saw action, like or if this suit is canon, but canon's fake anyway. Ooh, long head. And then there was the uh, uh, mass. Pro- yeah, then this is the. In Super Robot Wars, you can get this one for Char. It's the same thing, but with, like, a beam cannon on the shoulder. It kind of reminds me of, like, Frieza's third form. Yeah, well, because, like, yeah, because they both have that Xenomorph head. Um, but also, like, the... It, also, a, it's like a Cubile-type head, almost. Yeah, it looks a little more Xeonic. Um... Fucking... What was I about to say? About uh... Beach doesn't deserve it. <laughs> Beach doesn't deserve it. Oh, I was gonna say something else. Uh, God damn it! It, 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 it ejected from my head. Uh, one thing I like that was a bit of a consistent. Uh, I like consistency between Zeta and Double Zeta is uh, the Mark II still has the flying armor that yes. Camille used to uh, enter the atmosphere in like the twelfth or something episode of Zeta. Absolutely yes. And L uses that again, and I'm like, cool continuity. I like like stuff like that. Uh-huh. And so, uh, the big point of this episode is when there's a, they, they're battling in space and then, uh, Peru and Judo fight again and he manages to kind of get through her brainwashing and, uh, G- uh, Glemmy's like ordering her around in the atmosphere. One thing we got wrong about the Bawu is that the Bawu doesn't have two transformation sequences. It breaks into two fighters. Oh, yes. And one of them is like remote controlled. Yes, which I, li- I I do like that. That is very cool. The Bawu is way cooler than Glemmy. He doesn't deserve it. A lot of undeserving pilots in this series. <laughs> Mech's too cool for them. And so uh, Peru gets too deep into the gravity well. So uh, I, I think in this one, uh, Judo's in the Zeta. Like, I don't remember why, but Judo's like, I'm taking the Zeta in this one. <laughs> and Rue was like, just, can you really warn me first? <laughs> I think he's like, it's more maneuverable. Yeah, and the Zeta was also made for atmospheric re-entry in the Wave Rider form. Yeah. And uh, it's a really good scene where uh, Peru's cubile is like, you know, about to burn them both up. So she like destroys the little wings on it, on the shoulders, mm-hmm. to not die. And I think yeah, after she... that, Peru pretty, so that's when they land on Earth and that's when we start the Africa arc. Uh, episode 24 is Fraternal Love in the South Seas. This is a nice little one, and we're gonna be brief on this one. Oh, I forgot, we forgot one more, we forgot a mobile suit, like we always do. He showed up in this episode, and this one only, Neo Zeon's aquatic mobile suit, the Kapool. Oh, yeah, I love this boy. Round. He also comes back in Unicorn. Because of course he does. (laughs) Jesus Christ! I think every single mobile suit from Double Zeta shows up in Unicorn. That's astounding. Even this boy. Um, in this episode, 
Judo kind of, like, ditches the Argama for a bit. I don't remember why exactly. He doesn't really need a reason. Like, Peru is 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 now a prisoner aboard the Argama, and, um... Judo uh, hangs out with this with these siblings. What are their names? It's uh, I know the sister's Anna, and the brother is uh, Tamon. These two, uh, the uh, and uh, Tama. I like how there's the distinct parallel between like uh, they're the like Anna and Tamon and Lena and Judo, where she's always just like Tamon's doing dangerous things, getting involved in the war to like make money mm-hmm. to support his sister, even though his sister's like, no, this is too dangerous, and you're gonna die. Yeah. And Judo's like, wow, that reminds me of, like, how Lena used to say I shouldn't be a scrapper and should actually go to school. It was just, I feel like there was, like, a nice little thing here. And Judo manages to convince Tamon to, like, blow up the other Xeon mobile suits that they've been smuggling. And it ends with Tamon and Anna being, like, together. Yeah, yeah, that was a nice episode. That, that was that was a nice, just, like, standalone thing. I enjoyed it. That, it felt, that felt like an Edeon episode, almost. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they just get... Why? Oh, because they just show up and impose themselves on people's lives? <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, episode 5, Minute 25, we're going to also kind of scan through this one pretty quickly. This one's Rommel's face, where there's a uh, desert Rommel and his, like, veterans from the one-year war hanging out in the desert with... Yeah, I was gonna... Yes, I, I, I've been, I've been dying... Not dying, but, like, I, like... I made a like a mental note because I didn't take any physical ones of like I want to talk about this episode because like it it really hits home for me at least it really confirms that like okay yeah like Neo Zeon people like Neo Zeon is just like that and like these dudes are these dudes are from 0079 Classic Gundam like yeah this these these, all- these guys have been in the desert for eight years yeah it's. It was. It's pretty good. I, I liked it a lot. Uh, but it's it's like MAHQ in their article in their summary of this episode makes the same point, like comparing them to the guys who are hanging out in the Australian outback in 0083. Mm-hmm. And there's just pockets of these guys up until like the time of Unicorn. Oh yeah, for sure. Where like that's because that, that's the thing about the second and first Neo Zeon Wars, like how many of these dudes are just laying low in like sparsely populated parts of like you know Earth's wilderness who are like oh shit. We're continuing the war, and then how many people left over from Axis Zeon are there when Char shows up in 0093? Mm-hmm. So it's just like, there. it's never really, like, Char didn't really need to build up a new army, because there was already, like, two that were half-broken on Earth already. Yeah. But this was a good episode. You, you, you made this? I made this. 26 you really liked was Masai's Heart. Um... This is the one with the lady and her Gelgoog? Yeah, 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 yeah. That one was that one was good. I liked her. She was fun. Where she uh, fell in love with a Xeon pilot. Uh, yeah, that, the that's the that's the worst part. That's the worst part of an otherwise dope character. Um, well, he could, I, he maybe just wanted maybe he just wanted to fight for for you know space noid you know independence. <laughs> Maybe no, he was a sure deserter, and that's why he just fucked off to some, like, village in the middle of, like, the desert. True, yeah. Um, I, I, I just like that, like, he... Well, I, I, most, I mostly like, especially coming off the tail end of an episode where, like, a, a like, 
a squadron of a squadron of highly trained like war veterans who were like training in the desert for eight straight years had like the to to fight Gundams basically get their shit kicked in almost immediately like barely barely contending. To the point where, like, on his de- like at his death, like Rommel was just sort of laughing and was like, "Wow, like we we were in way over our heads. We had no idea what the fuck we were doing. We really thought we were hot shit. We didn't know shit." <laughs> um, and then this random widow shows up, and it's like, "Oh, my husband! My husband taught me how to pilot this thing before he fucking died." And like she almost gets him. <laughs> yeah, she like I think she at least fucks up the the Mega Rider and the Zeta. Mm-hmm. With just a regular, like, not even, like, a special Gelgoog, like, just a regular Gelgoog. Um, but, like, the, the main reason I like this episode is because, like, it's, you know, it, uh, the, the, the Africa arc does do a really good job of being, like, yeah, no, like, war is bad, and that doesn't mean, that doesn't mean war is bad because there's bad guys in war that that like it's hard to stop and you have to do you have to do complicated conflicting shit to quote unquote stop the bad guys no war is bad because there are no good guys like war is bad because it's it's if you are in a war it means that you are it means that that you are complacent in something even for some sort of greater good like you are like it is still a no which Camille always, like, you know, verbalized in Zeta. Yeah. Um, like, that, that's, that, that's, I feel, in Camille. Camille's more focused on, like, the pointlessness of all this. Like, every, we're, we're creating all this suffering for fucking no reason. Yes, Camille's, Camille's very philosophical about it because up until that point he hadn't really been directly, like, aff- like affected that way. But, like, but these people, the, the Africa arc shows the practical end of it where it's like, oh, hey, like, yeah, no, we're just... We're just passing through. Can we get some water? It's like, fuck you. No, you can't get water. What the fuck are you talking about? Like, you've taken, like, this whole conflict that we have nothing to do with. Y'all just decided to drop in here and do whatever the fuck you want because of what what your beliefs are. Hey, guess what? So did Neo Zeon. And we're just out here trying to fucking... So did the Federation probably when they they stomped in here with prototype gun tanks saying that, hey, we run everything now. Oh, yeah, no, like, the, like, the, like, like, dog, like. And what has the Federation done for their poverty in all these years? Nothing. The Federation decided that their home base was in Africa, and it's like, hey, yeah, all, basically all of you sure are white, or at the very least not from here. And it's like, um, I can very much see that maybe that's why there was a lot of Zeon guys already over here, is because it's just like, you know, Zeon shows up, like, hey, the Federation treated you like shit, we won't, and they're like, all right, can't be wor- can't be any worse than the Federation. And then, it, and then it was at the very least just as bad. And then, then you know, the Federation came in and blew them all up and then didn't patch any of the holes when they were done. Yeah, so it's like, no, fuck you. It's like, fuck you and the Gundams you rode in on. Like, we don't have to give you water. Like, we're not on your side. Like, eat shit. Even even some of the stuff with the African Liberation Front. That, that, was, that was like, I, I was really like, wow, this is like pretty, like, this is pretty, like, eloquent for an 80s mecha anime. <laughs> Yeah, no, and, and honestly, I think it's because it's such a small snippet. So they ha- they have to really just hit it home in order to get the point across. And they do, but they don't linger on it. They don't linger. They don't linger on it long enough to fuck up. 
Yeah, and I, I, I like um with the the next two well because we get back to that in the the blue team arc. Yeah. Because next we have Lena's blood part one and two, and these were fucking phenomenal. Where Hayato shows up for a little bit, and we finally get uh, get to Dakar because the AU got knocked way off course in the battle. So the mobile suits went ahead because the Argama would take too long to get there. So they went uh, all the mobile Gundam team, which they've been calling themselves the Z Fighters. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the Gundam team have been go- Gundam team have been going off with the Mega Rider to like you know. Get get there before you know before the Argama can, because the Argama at this point, like even in the last these last couple episodes, we were like, man, the Argama's like fucked up. It doesn't look good. The Argama's like held together with duct tape and like just refusal to die. At this point, Argama's not in a good spot. No, I mean like fucking. The Argama, like, and the more I think about it as we talk about it, it's like, the, like, e- episode one, the Argama's fucked up, and, like, they, if they ever get their head above water, it's a me, like, as soon as, as, like, as soon as the Gundams are fixed, somebody gets their fucking arm blown off, and now, and I, me, as a viewer, am just like, come the fuck on, you just fixed that, oh god. I can't, that's where Rapali is right now. Like, Apolly's yeah. t- taken, like, just, uh, hey, Apolly, what have you done during the, one, the, the for the, you know, in, in, in the first Neo Zeon War? I started smoking. God, yeah. I started but smoking and popping caffeine pills. There is a really good line from Apolly, though, like, the, when, when, like, I forget what episode it is because they get, because the Gundams get beat up so fucking much where it's, like, somebody, like, they apologize to him for having to rebuild it and, like, he, he shrugs. He's just, like, fucking... Hey man, you guys are alive and that's what's important. Like machines can be rebuilt. And it's like that's that was really wholesome to me cuz it's like yeah, like I'm I'm not going to like that's his job. Like I'm not going to I'm not going to complain that we're getting shit done. It's like this is the, this is this is my job. This is how I can help. Like the reason I'm here is to make sure that you guys can go out there and fight more. So it's like yeah. As as long as the work I'm doing is keeping you alive, I'll keep doing. It. And that's that that was a really nice time. That was a tiny moment of just like, oh, wow, what a really good attitude. <laughs> what a good dude. I like Apolly. Yeah. Uh, even like, even though Apolly doesn't do much in Zeta and Double Zeta, every single scene he has is great. Like, I loved it yeah. when he went, he and Camille kind of bonded over being just mobile suit nerds. Yeah, that's cute. Like when Camille just casually designs the Zeta gun, I mean, Apolly's like, Camille, what the fuck? This is brilliant. Yeah, I'm going to build this. <laughs> And that was when Apollo and Rob, Rob uh, was not uh, Astonage, not Apolly. That's Astonage. Apolly's long dead. Uh, Astonage is who we're talking about. Damn, I can't believe um, that. Yeah. That's Astonage. Apolly was the guy in the red jumpsuit who was also Camille's like uncle. <laughs> yeah. And Roberto was Apolly's boyfriend. Absolutely. We were no, we mean Astonage, but I love Astonage. I love Astonage too for the same reasons. He's he's a um, good 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 guy. Uh, we we finally get to Dakar though, and you you had a lot to say about this episode when we were talking about it over just just text. It was um, uh, where like essentially all the um, Haman's holding this banquet for all of the uh, the Federation diplom- dignitaries and politicians. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, like, um, freaking, I, I guess these can act like notes. Um, fucking... You're just going through our chat log? <laughs> yeah, I'm, just, I'm deadass going through the chat log, my guy. Um... It's been a rough couple weeks, you can deal with having, with us doing this. Oh, yeah, uh, I called, yeah, I, I called that Gilgoog. Gelgoog pilot lady a girl a girl boss um that's funny and then I made a great joke after that don't leave my yeah radio Gel, yeah g- uh, Gel boss Gel boss <laughs> uh Zaku Zaku Goof Dom and Gelgoog are are the four genders yep the four acceptable genders Goof Zaku Dom Gelgoog what are you you're a um, Goof I'm a, I'm a, I'm a Gelgoog yeah the, the Federation is just the Earth run by Democrats I once again I once again insist that Judao probably says Poggers. Uh, and then baby, uh, here it is. Baby Zam shows up in the Pope mobile. Yes, that's great. <laughs> For her first appearance in the series, that's pretty great, right? Fuck yeah, fuck yeah, fuck yeah. Um, and and then Glemmy's just there with his girl, with his girl pet. It's uh, so gross. <laughs> like next to like like it, like alongside Haman and her like young ward. It's like oh, the, uh, do. You, is do you think that's it? Glemmy's just like I want one of those. Oh my god! I want my own Maneva. I want my own Maneva because I'm trying. I'm trying to. I'm trying to beat Haman, so I need to be better at Haman at everything, including having a little girl, sir. <laughs> including having a little a little girl ward partner thing. But he just doesn't understand it. Maneva can play the violin very well. Jesus! Oh my god! Oh yeah! Everyone, please god. ignore. Like. Everyone, please ignore Glemmy's POW child bride, and we can have a fun evening. <laughs> um, and like, uh, how she everyone likes Lena the- though. Lena's a hit at the party. She people like her more than Glemmy. Yeah, people Absolute respect fun. her more than Glemmy. It's not hard. <laughs> and then, and then Judah Judah sneaks in. With the same type of, of awful, like, awful postured body language skulking as if he was a fucking Series 1 Lupin character. Oh yeah, so we didn't talk about everyone's new outfits. Let's do you want a Rolodex through everyone's new outfits now that this is the episode where they get them? They're so fucking good. Let's talk about sort like, of Judo with the blue shirt and, like, the pants. He's in a he's in a blue shirt with a really nice, like, a really nice asymmetrical collar type deal. Um, it's like instead of having like this the 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 suit jacket type setup where like both ends symmetrically flare out into a V neck, it's just like half of it, half of it goes up to his neck, and then it's like almost like a fucking um in in Star Trek when they wear those coats and they open up one flap. <laughs> yeah, in like the movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. And they keep they keep that look going forward because they fucking hate the old costumes. That in uh, Red Letter Media's review of the first Star- of Star Trek the Motion Picture, how mm-hmm. they're saying how like everyone looks so comfortable in their in the 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 one seventies movie that they did, and then now they're they're like stuffy British imperialists and the other ones, and I feel so bad for those like elderly people who are must be dying under those. Yeah, all those elderly yes. actors. And so. Um... They're, they're having they're having this absolutely ghoulish like soiree of shitty aristocrats trying to like th- this like every they're literally lining up to kiss Haman's ass. Every gun like every Gundam series does uh, does its own type of work 
trying to show how scummy it's like the like the, the the true like that that's one thing I've always loved. That's that's the first thing that endeared me to Gundam is that it gets to the heart of the issue. It's not just like oh like warmongers who wanna who wanna fight who wanna who wanna incite military violence to 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 hurt people. Like the 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 closest you get to that is Garen, and that's even not entirely true of Garen. Yeah, no, like, it's it's always the elite, it's always the aristocracy, it's always the money, it's always the corporations. Like, it's always, always, like, fo- literally follow the money. Gundam is telling you follow the money, and Double Zeta does that the hardest. Because everyone else, they, like, especially because Zeta Gundam is a sequel to Zeta, Zeta, they got rid of all of them. Those were the Titans. The Titans were basically the fucking, like, the fucking... The Titans were like the fucking proud boys of the aristocracy, and like that, and now, and then, but that, and then, then that, even then, we're left with just the, um, even then, we're just left with, uh, you know, the Federation who, and Zeta enabled them for so long until they literally couldn't ignore it anymore. Yeah, yeah, just yeah. like real life. <laughs> yeah, 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 and and so. Every time we see them, it's always just the most uncare. Like after everything that's happened, it's it just Zeta double double Zeta makes it so abundantly clear: these people are not misguided. These people don't have some misunderstanding of the situation. These people are simply like morally dead, and just they just want their fucking money, and they want the comfiest life possible for them, and everybody else can go fuck themselves. Fuck you, I got so, mine. Yes, they and they feel so smug and smarmy about it, and they all love sniffing each other's farts, and, and it's like, I want them all to fucking die, and so does Judah. You're gonna love Charge Counterattack. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I'm so excited to watch Charge Counterattack with you. That's gonna be the wa- that is gonna be the rowdiest we ever get. We're gonna get so rowdy watching that movie, we're gonna have to watch it twice. <laughs> oh god, I can't wait. I'll do it. Maybe we'll watch it together, be really rowdy, and then we have to watch it separately before we watch it again. Or we'll wa- maybe we have to watch it separately before we watch it together or something. I don't know. We'll figure it out. No, I I want to watch. I want to. I want to watch it for the first time with you for sure. Because we've been meaning to watch this movie for years. Yes. And I need, but I wouldn't let you do it without Double Zeta. Because mm-hmm. I, I, I wouldn't either. I didn't properly. want to. Uh, so, so yeah, so Judas sneaks in and, and, um, I don't know what happens in between this, but... Melina has that new type moment where she's just like, everyone's lying, like, everybody in this room is fucking lying. Yes, 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 she has such a visceral new type response to to just how bullshit it all is that it it harms her psychically. (laughs) It's so good, it's like, Lena might be one of the best characters in Gundam. Yeah, like in that moment, I vibe with her. Like that—that's how I feel. Like every Devin, like once a week, once a week, some glo- like either local or global tragedy befalls humanity that we all have to reckon with, and I still have to fucking go to work. Yeah, why the fuck? People are just dying in the street. People are freezing to death in the exact same city that I'm in. And I still have to fucking open the liquor store tomorrow and act like everything's normal, and I can't even talk about it or I'll get fired. Lena sure is having a real one. 
I'm so glad I got fired from my job. That's a new deployment. That's a new invo- I, Well, no, I think I said that in the last episode. I'm unemployed. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I was just like, I'm so glad I got fired right before the capital siege because I was like, that's what I'm going to call it. That was a literal fucking siege. No, yeah, that was it was a it was a poorly organized failure of a siege. But like, if if those people were half as competent as they thought they were, that would have been the darkest day in American in, history. In, it's one of the dark, recent, It's already one of the darkest days of American history, at least it, American it democracy. Is, yeah, it is philosophically and, and and morally. But they wanted to they wanted to murder those people. Yeah. They wanted to blow up that building if it came to that. <sighs> Thank God the Titans are fictional. <laughs> um, I guess that's the main difference between real life and um, the Universal Century was that most people, like almost one hundred percent of people, seem to be anti-Titans. Yeah, but but then but then the discrepancy becomes trying to trying to convince them who is and isn't a Titan. Yeah, because that was that was one reason I th- I kind of like that's in some of the extra canonical stuff is um, like a lot of Federation officials who are like or parts of the military who are literally just like if I don't like that that's I think why Bright ended up becoming before he officially defected. Bright wasn't like a com- Bright commanded like a civilian like transport vessel. He was doing he was essentially like an airline pilot. Yeah. Because I I think a Bright didn't want to fuck with war anymore and b like I don't want the Titans to be my, I don't want to be a Titan. Yeah, and uh, he could have he could have been easily. And then like, and then uh, how many people are like, like part of me is just like, man, like what if Slegger survived the one year war? Would he be a titan? Maybe. Would he yeah, be? I want to I want to say that Slegger would join the AU because Slegger sure was an asshole, but I don't think he was like cruel. Yeah, but also like you could say that about everybody in 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 double O eighty three, and then they they happily put on those fucking jackets. But it was sent. we love our cool could... new jackets. Yeah, hey, and cool it's, jackets. It's 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 implied that Yamatov was the first was the next captain of the Albion after Synapse was executed. Wow. Stardust, Me- I want to rewatch Stardust Memory again now that I've rewatched Zeta because it's just like, or at least like the final few episodes. Yeah, because the, the, the back half of AA3 is a, is a Zeta Gundam prequel. When I think the show is at its best. Yeah, 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 for sure. <laughs> hey, hey, Operation Stardust, the Titans are your fucking fault. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, Lena has that moment. And, and then Judah has his own moment, because he runs into Haman again. Yeah, and Haman, um... They have a, they essentially continue their discussion where Haman is just like, this is when I because I as I said I we were, I wanted to discuss Haman's political ideology and I, that that's the, that monologue she has here is just like Haman doesn't really care about conquering the Earth Haman doesn't really care about anything aside from making the people of Earth fucking pay. Yes, like Gearin for Gearin it was domination it was also vengeance but it was mostly domination for Gearin it was Machiavellian. Yeah. For for um, Degwin, I think it was still Machiavellian, but a little more noble. Degwin, I think, cared way. Degwin cared equally about gaining personal power and also liberating space noids. Yeah, well, because Glemmy and, and then Glemmy verbalizes. Uh, Glemmy has this belief of, of of the Zabi Empire, and I think Degwin very much did of just like being a dictator is okay, at, you know, so long as you force everyone into peace, and it's like fucking that does 
that doesn't make sense and it's 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 garbage it's a garbage excuse to be a dictator um yep. but i think degwin i think that was degwin's deal of just like i can i can i can make peace happen i just have to kill a bunch of people first yeah because i think that was though that's the main disagreement that degwin had because degwin's just like i agree with everything that that zeon daikun is saying but it's not gonna work yeah they'll we never, need to be far more buddy, violent buddy they're not gonna buy it um, and part of me thinks he was like probably right about the Federation, even though I, I much more philosophically agree with De- with Zeon Daikun. I think they could. I mean, I mean, I, I, they they could have gotten you know if he didn't if kill they, things. Definitely got worse because he killed Zeon Daikun. Yeah, which which honestly is like the 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 most damning thing. Like that that sort of proves that I feel like even if he believes his own hype, that I do think it's just empty rhetoric and, and propaganda to justify his own grasp for power, because it's like, yeah, dog, like, sure. Like, oh, 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 yeah, like, Zeon had good points, but he just wasn't strong enough. You didn't have to fucking poison him on live television. Like, fuck you. Yeah. Like, there's a, like, there's a reality where it's like, you both, That's why I like, always, that's as- why I compare uh, him a lot to, like, uh, I don't know, I, I, I like the Lenin-Stalin comparison. Uh-huh. Of, like, Lenin being this, like, you know, philo- he was, Lenin was not really a politician, he was more of a philosopher, mm-hmm. and was, like, a Marxist, and then he, but he, and then, you know, he dies very suddenly, and the, the meanest, angriest man takes over. Yeah, and, and I just But he was necessary it's... for the revolution, because in a revolution, you need a guy who's gonna bust skulls. And, and that's probably what Degwin's role was. Yeah, d- d- yeah, exactly, and, and and I think that's that's probably the whole reason that the 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 Zeon fucked with him at all, which is like, oh, like I'm I'm not a fighter. You can get this shit done. There's a but chapter then- in the manga of Double of uh, Origin that's one of the bonus chapters at the end, which is about mm. the day that Char is born. Yes, and it's the yeah. earliest we ever see in the One Year War, and it shows like the revolution that happened in side three to for side three to gain its independence. Mm-hmm. And you see Degwin is literally like Degwin and Girin are literally sitting in like a foxhole in active combat against the Federation guard. Jesus. Like um, you see young Girin with like an assault rifle. It's, it's kind of awesome that you, that's you the far back, that, farthest back like, we've ever seen in the one in this universal century. And, and I think it's, it's a, cause I think, I think that's not true. About, the unicorn thing, but Sorry. <laughs> um, I, I just think a lot about the fact that, like, there's so many different, like, 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 radical leftist tendencies that it's like, yeah, at first blush, like, we clash a lot, we disagree on a lot of, on a, on a lot of things. Like, some people do, t- some people do go too far, a lot of people do just want, like, all the same shit we have now, but just calling it communist, like, that's better. Um, but... Um, but, but I think it's like, you know, there, there's two different, you know, a, a, a lot of the big dichotomies are like, oh, you have to read theory. You have to, you have to be smart about it. We have to know what we're getting into. Like, like I pissed off have... some of my old, my, some of my hardcore socialist friends by saying that I don't think the solution to modern day problems exists in, in a book from the 1800s. Yeah, and then there's the and then there is that other side of like yeah, but like theory, like sure theory, whatever. But we're here, we're here right now, and we are under threat, and we have to directly and immediately respond to it. 
and like uh, like education education is a privilege yeah I, I, it shouldn't be there there it that, shouldn't be but it is yeah exactly um, and that's that's another reason because I, I had an argument with my with our friend jester not argument but a more of a debate as much as sure. i hate that word yeah but we just had a discussion about it because I disagreed with their take where they thought that they, they disliked uh, the way that Zeon Daikun was portrayed in Unicorn. Not Unicorn, Origin. Mm-hmm. Where he see like, oh, he seems like a, like a, like a, you know, he's a, he's supposed to be a leftist character, but he's he's shown as like a lunatic. And I was like, well, like, no, we, we only see him on the literal worst day of his life. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. And, and that's I totally not, I don't think that's that a base to assume, to assume his entire character off of that single scene. Because we see him see him literally on the worst day of his life before he's killed, and he's cracking. He's lit. He, Zeon Daikun, they keep saying, was never a politician. He was a philosopher. He had all this all these ideas, but when you when you make up like that's like asking like you know okay I have all these ideals okay Devin put them into place practically right now. Yeah, no, it sucks for sure. And so he um, was literally cracking under the pressure of that. <laughs> and I, I just think there's a world where they where like. Where Daikun and 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 uh, Degwin? Degwin like disagree, like obviously still have a lot of dis- disagreeing opinions, but like you know, d- discuss things, like come to compromises, like uh, no, like have a better understanding of when when we do things, like, when do we do things Degwin's way, when do we do things Zeon's way, and it's like, you know, but that's not how power structures work, which yep. is, which is, which is, you know, the whole reason anything bad, the whole reason anything bad ever happens on a societal level is because we want to give people control over other people, and it's never a good idea, I don't know why everybody keeps trying to do it, fucking never gonna happen, never gonna go well. But, yep. Yeah. It's so. Um. But that tailing all the way back to Haman and her political ideology. I think Haman has is far more of a chaotic factor. Like Haman is just getting pleasure over how much chaos she's sowing among the Federation. Yeah, she's getting. Ple- she, she doesn't she really have a motive or an agenda. She, she doesn't have. She, she doesn't have a motive or an agenda, and yet she is still incredibly driven and focused. Which I think makes her ultra scary. <laughs> yeah, no, she's just like, no, like, well, I, I, I have nothing to lose, so I might as well do whatever the fuck I want as hard as I possibly can. My army is a literal cult of personality that worships me. She's my basically a professional wrestler. Yeah, Haman is ugh, Haman's the best. Like, uh, Haman's the best in terms of, like, <laughs> does Haman have girl power? Yes, of course. And Haman effectively used girl power when, when she tried yeah. the colony on like, Northern Ireland. For real, though, that's her, that meta, like, to, in, in text, that is her deal. She is the fucking Hillary Clinton girl boss. She's the fucking, Sarah, like, Sarah Palin quote-unquote attractive fucking leader. Um, Those insane right-wing, like, Republican congresswomen who are, like, everyone's like, oh, they're so hot. I'm like, they're also insane. She's, like, like, one, like, sure, I guess, if you like the exact same blonde bitch. Um. (laughs) If you like the ladies on Fox News. (laughs) 
god. That they pull um, out of the cloning vats. Do you think there's like a Ray Aquarium underneath like like that Ro- Rupert Murdoch just goes down there and pulls like ident like pulls like blonde women out of like a test tube out of like a giant cryo tube? It's gl- it's fucking it's 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 Glemmy's fucking cryo sleep pods. <laughs> You're right. Look forward to uh Look forward to Tucker Ingram 2024. I'm going to cut that. That's too... I can't say that without... I can't hear myself say that without having... Without dealing myself psychic damage. I am just Um, verbally self-harming right now. I gotta stop. (laughs) Speaking of dealing psychic damage, Judao goes fucking Super Saiyan. Yeah, yeah, because, um... Judo's essentially, like, as you put it, like, I really don't care about your tragic life staring out in the vast darkness of space. I just want my si- I just want to liberate my sister from the pedophile that works it for was, you. It was really almost like the flashback was about to happen, and Judo's like, no. <laughs> I d- literally don't care. <laughs> Please shut up. I don't know, like... I, I don't sh- know you! <laughs> <laughs> Bro, I don't know you. Oh my god. Fuck off. And so she just takes a shot at him, which Lena, like, takes the bullet for him. And then he just, like, forms a, like, a ghost stand behind him. Yeah, which, like, Haman does in, at the end, towards the end of Zeta. Yeah, when, when Haman and Camille have that really intense, like, new type off. And they see and- into each other's childhoods. Yeah, like fucking, and that we've gone from like like new like new types went from like it went from the ripple to stands fucking. And so like Haman flees in terror and like goes into a room and cries, which is the yeah, only time no. you've ever in the series that Haman is afraid of anything. Yeah, that that was wild. Like hum, like for it's like for whatever reason like that that's the that's the new type effect that that Judao has on her. It's like her defenses just go down. Like, yeah, the entire pra- constructed facade of Haman Karn just shatters. Yeah, she can't... It's almost like she can't lie to him, in a way. Like, she can't... Which is, like, the Lala Amaro thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where it's just like, I am com- I am compelled... Which is probably the main reason why she wants him on her side so bad. Is because it's like, I... You are I literally am- my walking kryptonite. <laughs> Yeah, I yeah, you you need to like me. <laughs> please like me. Please like me. Please like me. Please like me. And Judah was like, "No, I fucking hate you." And she <laughs> cried. <laughs> what was that line from DBZ a bridge where King Cold is like uh, trying to like, "Hey Trucks, why don't you join me? I don't know you and I think I hate you." <laughs> oh jeez. Oh man. But that was that was that was peak. That was a peak moment in the show for me. Of, yeah, that's one of like, the just, like, like, great moments. And so this is when Lena is just the chattest character ever. Because with mm-hmm. a bullet wound in her abdomen, this fucking ten-year-old child goes out and says, I am delivering this prisoner to Glemitoto. And all these Zeon soldiers are, like, asking her for orders. <laughs> yes. And it's like, holy sh- And then she owns the entire room of the fucking Fetty politicians. Who are all... Because the at this point, um... Peru fired a cannon too early because she was getting upset that Judo was hanging out with Lena. <laughs> so Peru got jealous and fired her cannon early because uh, she's hanging out in the Mega Rider with Eno. Poor Eno, he's too good for he's too good. Um, 
And so the, and uh, Karaba shows up and there's just battle going on everywhere. And uh, all the politicians are like, what the fuck? And then Haman essentially is just like, you'll all be fine. There's Karaba's not going to kill you. Um, yeah. I, I was just going over my notes again. We did interrupt ourselves and stop and and stop the the fashion discussion at Judo. Oh yes. Okay, so let's talk about Rue because Rue's outfit is like fantastic. It's 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 got like a it's got a very very cropped vest. Uh, over over like the 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 shooting star pattern she likes so much. Um, and it's 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 like an almost entirely purple affair. Like diff- of differing shades, if I'm remembering correctly, like I think it's bluish. Green. Was it green? Yeah, I think it's green. Let me look it up. Because let me find her model sheet. <laughs> Rue Luca. Yeah, it's green. Okay. Yeah, here's like yeah, blue. I'm thinking of. I'm thinking of her. Maybe I'm thinking of her blue pilot suit. Yeah, because her pilot suit is blue. Um. Yeah, yeah, it's green. Yeah, yeah, and then it's like it's it's like a it's like a bo- it's like a like like a like a bodysuit, and then her shoes are like mostly this like cloth fabric wrapping, and she has a belt that doesn't have a strap at the waist. It just comes around and stops. It's so wild. Maybe it's part of the back of her. It's not even a vest, really. It's just a thing for so you can have two pouches. And we got L's. L's is pretty crazy. It has random like geometric shapes cut out of it. Yeah, L is L is at a fucking fashion show. That's shit's wild. I love it. I would wear either of these outfits. Would you wear this one? Um, let me see. Quick, I'm clicking on it. There we go. Fuck no. <laughs> Mon. Mondo, what the f- dog? I hate this. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah, it's just like a sleeveless button down with a bow tie and like suspenders, like mandals and shorts. You look like you look like a fucking Chippendales bus boy. <laughs> You're Chippendales intern. Yeah. <laughs> Beaches is like bad, but not the worst. He looks like a shitty like Fugo cosplayer from JJ from JJBA Part Five. Beecha, Beecha, fucking ra- Beecha! It looks like he fucking ra- raided his dad's closet so that he could fucking play, so that he could fucking do a do a cosplay of Miami Vice. Um. Then we have uh, Eno. Where's Eno? You know. Oh, let's do Peru first because Peru's regular outfits is all right, but I actually really like her Earth one. I like the greens. There, there's Earth Peru. Yeah, I like that. She almost. She, um. For whatever reason, Zabungle comes to mind. Yeah, she. I feel like she'd be. She wouldn't be out of place in like Zabungle. Mm-hmm. And uh, then we got. Where is he? Eno Abov. Here he is. Eno like looks like a nerd, but like I, he's Eno, so he's endearing to me. Yeah, he's got very um. Dressed like a fifties he... explorer. I was gonna say he, he's he's got the very the the very drab like modern like b- like browns and like ch- like like let's face it less exciting looking color palettes that they that they ad- that high fashion will advertise to non-binary people. Um, 
Is, is that a new, is that gonna be a new headcanon? Uh, N N B Eno. Uh yeah yeah no he can pull yeah yeah he can pull it off. I'd say Eno could be non-binary, but also the but also the only the only caveat is non-binary non-binary people don't actually dress like that. They dress like they fucking they fucking tripped and fell into a fucking Jimmy Buffett Halloween store. Um, <laughs> I love him for it. Uh. <laughs> I, no love, I love them. They dress <laughs> I, like I'm cis, so I can't have a I can't have an opinion. They dress they dress like the '90s taste. Um, <laughs> um, because they can literally wear anything. Oh yeah. So they so they wear everything. Let me see if I can find them from Silver Case. I'm cutting this. Uh, a lot of my non-binary friends always say that this is the like a dream look, and it's the way these two characters from the Silver Case dress. The method tank. Like, here's a close-up of their faces. Let me find their outfits. I'm cutting this, don't worry. I know, it's fine. Fuck yeah. Powerful. Maybe that's how maybe that's how Rue's belt works. <laughs> maybe they're the buckles on the back. Yeah. They're the wildest characters in Kill the Past in terms of their looks. Oh, I love yeah. the way Takashi Miyamoto draws uh, draws eyes. They look like blame characters. They oh my god they do. You know what that should be the NB standard of beauty. How much how much do you look like a blame character? Yeah right. Uh so, uh, Judo manages to get Lena out. And uh, they meet up with Peru, and Peru and Lena have like a Star Trek like do 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 with like pipes. Yeah, and, and again, this is one of Peru's few like cyber new type freakouts. Yeah, and again, Lena like Lena d- doesn't doesn't do an awful job fighting back, uh, considering a bullet she, wound in her abdomen. <laughs> yeah, she is the fucking she's the MVP fucking get her in a normal suit she's unkillable and her whole thing is that the entire time she doesn't even hate peru yeah no like that's like, Lena's like literally uh, I, too good for this world i i worded it a really succinct and good way that i want to try and find right now because it's just it was such a it was such a mood um of 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 just like yeah let me let me see here Lena, Lena getting shot, crash landing, and then having to talk to calm down and like be nice to the person attempting to murder her is just like such a like she's been through so much and she still has to do more. I that god damn, and then she and then she blows up. Yeah, so, uh, before that happens, like, Peru is kind of, like, accepting of, like, now we can, like, Judo essentially, like, talks Peru down by, like, hey, now we can all be a family. (laughs) Because all we truly have is each other. I think Judo isn't just trying to talk down Peru, I think he's being really sincere. Judo and Peru definitely have a bond. Yeah, no, like, like, Judo, like, like, that, that's the most frustrating thing. Judo loves Peru in a legitimate way, I don't know if it's a romantic way, but it's very, it's at least familial. Like, honestly, and, like, maybe this is too, like, maybe it's too, like, this is, it feels a little real to talk about, even though we've been talking about plenty of shit, but it's, like, I've been there with people 
that like I care about, but they're too good at convincing themselves that everyone fucking hates them and is lying to them. And yeah. it's like I I just want so desperately for you to be able to understand that like I am I earnestly am here for you, and it's like fuck, like like I've been where Judo is at, at that at, at, in in that way. So meanwhile, uh, there's a battle going overhead, and a dwadge piloted by this one lady who looked really cool, but she only shows up in this episode and dies. <laughs> Which I feel that way about a lot of like weird Neo Zeon people. They don't like. I wish they stuck around a bit, like the weird Titans. Um, we're on twenty-seven. Uh, no, twenty-eight. We're on twenty-eight. Uh, yeah. Her name is what is her name? Fuck. I uh. Uh, her name is Amasa Pola. That's tell me no name. Yeah. Uh, she was cool. She had, like, short blonde hair and, like, a fucking Rambo headband. And so she, uh, she gets shot down by Rue or L or somebody and crash lands directly on the hut where Peru started taking care of Lena, who is now succumbing to her bullet wound. Finally. <laughs> and, Took uh, her long enough. Lena fucking explodes. Yeah. And the way that episode ends is, like, haunting. Because it's, like... Peru is, like, legitimately trying in, like, a really shitty way, but is, like, legitimately... You know, I don't think she has any ill will towards Judo right there. She's not being shitty on purpose. She's just yeah. doing a bad job. And she's like, well, it's okay, now you have me. It's like, you don't need Lena anymore. Even though she's dead, it's fine, you have me. And Judo just, like, kind of, like, shoves her over, and she just starts, like, wailing as Judo just kind of, like, silently cries in front of the flaming ruins of what was his sister. That is the thing that I do, like, like, Judao is a fucking champ for that, because, like, you know, he would be, he would be well within his rights to, like, respond way worse to that, of, of, of just, like, like, hey, like, that's a fucked up thing to say to me at this juncture, but it's, like, even in that moment, he, he understands, he's, like, like, I'm not going to fucking be nice to you right now because I don't have that in me. But, like, pl- please just shut up. Like, <laughs> Rue um, starts... This is the start of this is the next mini arc is the Runaway Rue arc. Mm-hmm. Or the Blue Team. I, it has three names. I, it's either, like, the Runaway Rue arc, the Glemmy in the Desert arc, or the Blue Team arc. Yeah. Whatever you want to call oh. that one. But um, yeah. Rue is just like... Glemmy is like... So Rue, Rue is where we were. Rue. She's just like, okay, Judo, we gotta go. There's no time for you to mourn. And Judo's like, excuse me the fuck? And Rue is like, if we don't leave now, more people are going to die. I know you're so- like, you lost somebody, but everyone's lost people. Mm-hmm. To which Judo is just like, I don't fucking care. Because he's like, obviously really fucked up right now, and Rue's kind of like, not really sympathizing. Elle is telling her to kind of back off and calm down, because like, you know, Lena was one of them. Like, everyone's pretty fucked up by this. And then Glemmy's just like, fucking Rue doesn't like me. Fucking Lena betrayed me. Fucking Peru betrayed me. No one likes me. Everybody betrayed me. I fell up with this world. I'm gonna go back. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go back to my fucking clone children. God. At least Peru too doesn't disobey me. Cause I, cause I, cause she's frozen. She's frozen. She can't back talk me. The great Glemmy Toto. 
God, Glemmy sucks. Okay, this is a, this is a dangerous question. Does Glemmy suck more than Jared? Fucking yeah, 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 yeah. Cause, cause we, cause like, he's just he. All the ways Jared sucks, Glemmy sucks, and more. It's just a, it's just a, a, it's just simple number. It's just a numbers game at that point. Glamming is the private school version of Jared. Oh yeah, yes, that that's what it is. Yeah. Um, we end that. We go to the next episode where we. Uh, this episode introduced uh, August Gidon, uh, Gidon, who was like Glamming's second in command. He lo- he was very buff clan. Like the second that he thought Glemmy was dead, he's like, "My time to shine, <laughs> my ship now." Yeah, no, I got big buff clan vibes. Buff clan vibes from this. I every time I'm reminded of Edeon, I feel like it's so significant. Like, and I wonder. I I always wonder, like, how much, how much of this was like trying to trying to like not necessarily do Edeon better but just like you know just because Edeon was such a hot mess that, and I like, wonder I how feel- much of Edeon's production was also like a kind of a pain in the ass yeah because Edeon kind of feels like that I mean there was the story about how there's that one random recap episode because just nobody could contact Tomino you know, for like a week and a half they just kind of they're like I, I guess cut together a recap episode something has to go on the air <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> they just couldn't find. Like Tomino just disappeared, and so maybe they're like, "All right, that was a mulligan. We're gonna try again with fucking double Zeta. We're gonna try to get there." Because that, because and and I feel like that was further. That was initially solidified for me, like just like the weirder all the new type shit gets, where it's just like, okay, they're just like psychically attacking each other now, and this is going, this is going places beyond war is bad. And I, I like Unicorn goes more in that direction, which is why I think a lot of people hate Unicorn. Oh. But there's also the, the really shitty take that new types are the worst part of Gundam. Yeah, yeah. This is this is a long, a long-standing, uh, divide, divisive, divisive topic among amongst gu- the Gundam fan base. I've come to learn. Yeah, it's like um, and those the people who. Sorry, I'm just taking off my jeans because they're getting really fucking uncomfortable. Um, no, just like. That's, that's like, because I feel there's, like, the, over the, as we just said, like, the fans exclusively of the OVAs who think that, oh, the new type shit ruins the show. It's not believable that Amuro would survive this. It's just his plot armor. And I'm just like, that's such a, I, that's, so, like, that's such a nothing argument to me because that's so not what I value in Gundam. Yeah, and also it fundamentally misses the point. It's, like, willfully... You are willfully not engaging with this aspect of the text. You're delegitimizing this aspect of the text in your critique for no other reason than you would rather it not be there. It's, You'd rather it's like just be a straight-up war show. That's not how, like... Gundam works. Find different franchises. That's, well, that's not how Gundam works, I, and I would just also argue broadly, like, that's also just not how any sort of legitimate criticism of a text works. Like, you so, can't since just when is good that. criticism of text been on the internet, especially of, like, Westerners talking about anime? Yeah, it's... There's it's sometimes I'll see shit, and it'll be, like, redo of Healer is one of the most successful animes right now, and then, like, people make these horrible takes about Gundam, and I'm like, man, fucking Westerners don't deserve anime. 
<laughs> we, we just don't deserve it. The fact that people have such shitty opinions about Ava, which is one of the greatest works of like human art, is like, we don't deserve it. Um, we don't even deserve also, Yamato. I, I think if you... I, I think ignoring the new type seven, we've probably talked about this more than once in the show, but it pisses um, me off. So probably <laughs> the like the, the the new type stuff is the is the core is the core of the of of the universal century, and that's why I say that like you can't just like you can dis like if you have a fundam if you have a fundamental disagreement with the thesis of of like the themes of what of what new types present, you know, in an other, in an otherwise realistic quote unquote, uh, cause I, I basically just believe that like, sh- except for all the hard, the hard psychokinetic bullshit, like going on that, like being a new type just means having human fucking empathy. And we, in, in this late capitalist, every man for himself hellscape have literally forgot how to do that to the point where true true compassion looks like a superpower yeah that's a good take i think that's what new types are that's a really good it's take. Ju- it's it's just this a new it's just the new generation coming up without all of this baggage because you know the wars like like they were they, they were they were twinkles in their parents' eyes while all of this dog shit grudge back and forth warfare started. And so yeah, all of them are just like, hey, this is this is bullshit. I would rather I would rather care about people. And then the older uh, and then what's what how does it always go? The older people are like, oh, but they did this that and the other to us, so they deserve it. And like what the, the only argument you can muster is just like I don't care. I don't care about I don't care about that shit because what we're doing is worse it is worse and, and, more ju- just and that's as why bad. this is kind of brilliant because judo and haman are the very embodiments of that yeah uh i i like how judo kind of reminds me of amuro like right after like i have it on a shirt though you can of uh, just amuro like with his eyes are like white yeah after he's shell-shocked from fighting robber all the first time like judo's just catatonic in the in the core fighter i don't think he's been out of there for like days And, uh, like, this one, like, Rue was just in a shitty mood, and, like, Bicha and Mondo just keep, like, antagonizing her. Mm -hmm. So the Bawu attacks as they're, because right now their main goal is to, uh, they're trying to get to this one specific city where, um, there's, like, AU contacts. And on their way there, they get jumped by, uh, Gidon and, um... August Gidon and Glemmy. And uh, Judo's kind of too fucked up mentally to really, like, do anything. And, like, even Peru's trying to, like, motivate him to, like, be Judo again. Yeah. Because Judo is, like, really fucked up, but he's not, he's, like, all closed off. Yeah, I mean, he's he's mourning. And, uh, while they're out in battle, like, Rue kind of just leaves in the core fighter because she's like, you can fuck all you guys, I hate you. Like, this is Rue's moment that Bright's, like, way too critical of. Yeah. Like, where Bicha and Mondo really kind of... It's honestly Bicha and Mondo's fault for being such assholes to her. Judao, bro- Judao broke into Axis twice. 
<laughs> yeah. On a whim. Just telling no one. Offered the entire double Zeta. As a bargaining chip. This multi-million dollar <laughs> war machine. Welcomed back with open arms every time. We got thrown in gay baby gel twice. Sure, but like, you know. Well, well, he, Bright didn't even want to do that to Rue. He, he, he was just like, I mean, okay, that's fine. Just leave her. Fuck it. Get the core fighter back and fuck her. It's like, god damn, what'd she do? Fucking women, Bright says, thinking about <laughs> cheating on his wife. <laughs> Fucking women. <laughs> Right, are you okay? Like, you're being really aggressive for no reason. Just... <laughs> he got you. <laughs> he got too used to having. He got too used to having uh, fucking rel- relatively frequent access to pussy. <laughs> now the war's back on and his dick's dry as hell. And he didn't even take partake when he had the option. Now he's hating yeah. himself for it. <laughs> oh, oh my god. god. But he still, but he all, but he, he all still feels like the psychic daggers coming from Mirai. Blue balled his way through the Neozeon War. Mirai's just sitting there, like wherever she is, with Hathaway and Chaman, just like taking really long drags on a cigarette. Oh god! Mirai's gonna fucking ruin him. Go cheat on your wife. <laughs> <laughs> Rue totally would say that. I choose to believe that that's why he's like, she can stay gone. It's like, she said that to him. She just straight up said that to him. Because Bright and Rue do have a conversation where he's just like, everyone else is kind of a dirt child. You're like the only actual AUG member here. Mm-hmm. And she's but like, yeah, because like, I believe in the AUG. Yeah, I, I do think, like, they, they definitely rub off on her. <laughs> Their delinquent ways. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's hard it's hard to keep your composure. Like, Bright's doing it, but, like, it's... it's Bright's taking... only doing that because he survived the one-year war when he was 19. Bright is basically... I feel like I made this reference to something else in the last episode we recorded. Maybe I'm just thinking of a different conversation I had with someone altogether, but, like, fucking... The, the fortitude that is... The effort it is taking Bright to, to have any sort of, like, military dignity amongst this ragtag band of utter dirt children gremlins it's like he's fucking it's it's he he is goku in kaioken mode times four for like the whole fucking vegeta fight and it's tearing his body apart but he can't but if he stops doing it he'll die I feel like if we ever did Zeta Bridged, like, a double Zeta Bridged, every time, like, it keeps going, like, every time we cut to Bright in, like, another episode, his eyes are more and more red. Judao and his friends are proof, are, are proof of the old school kid idiom of they can't give us all detention. Yeah. They can't. <laughs> they need Judo they, they unironically need went, to, went to siege Area 51. Oh, good lord. Yeah, he was out there in Naruto running around. Let's go siege Jaburo. <laughs> God, let's fucking let's go break into access. Oh my god. I love him. 
Uh, but in terms of being peak shithead, Beach and Mondo, they're like, hey, I have an idea. So they grab Rue in the core fighter to use her as a shield because they know Glemmy won't shoot at her. Mm-hmm. Which rightfully pushes her over the line. Like, she's like, no, that, fuck you. Like, a- like absolutely fuck both of you. And she just kind of fucks off. She steals part of the core fighter and just leaves. Uh, the Bawu is destroyed. And mm-hmm. Glemmy is just, like, completely stranded in the desert like a fucking idiot. Uh, meanwhile, the, there was an entire, like, city that they, um... There was, like, there they, this battle took place, like, over a city. And there's just, like, tons of, like, civilian casualties. And J- Judo just looks at it and he's just like, Oh, this is why I'm, like, here. Like, he see, he see, like, because Judo, I think, is having a crisis of, like, if, like, if, if I don't defeat, like, even though, like, as you just said, it's, it's entirely true that, like, we, we really shouldn't be here. Because no matter what side I'm fighting for, this is just going to, like, this is just going to keep happening. Yeah. So we need to, if I, the longer I sit here and spin my wheels and not get this bat, this war over with, the more this shit is going to happen. Mm-hmm. The faster we end this war, the faster people will stop suffering. And that becomes, I think, Judo's more, like, driving motivation from here on. Absolutely. Which is just, like, the faster we get over this war, the faster we can, like, the war will just be over. <laughs> uh, so now here we go, Blue Team Part 1 and 2. These these are, this, out of these chunks, This these are pretty cool. Whereas the city of uh, Gar- Garadia... Which is under like French influence, which the uh, the African Liberation Front Blue Team doesn't like. Which is understandable. Our 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 culture and our city has been overtaken by the French. It's it's they're they're resisting long term colonialism. <laughs> I actually really like that one guy, Arrow, because Dito is their leader initially. Yeah, and um, they kind of just find Glemmy, and they're just like, well, we hate Zeon, but like. Maybe he'll be useful to us in some capacity. Mm-hmm. But this, this, what can this idiot, like, do to harm us? And he looks white, so maybe he can smuggle, we can use him as a spy in the city. <laughs> you're lucky you're white and blonde, you idiot. God. And so, LaRue smuggles herself in, because apparently they say, like, la- like the, the guards at the door won't let her in, because they're like, hey, lady spies are the scariest out of all, all spies. So then uh, there's this guy, Jine, who is like a French artist who like Rue uses as like a cover. And then Glemmy gets in and they have like a fucking horrible bar fight over like Rue. And Rue's just like, this is the worst shit in the universe. You both suck. I hate you. Like, you're a fuckboy and you're an idiot. <laughs> you're a fuckboy and you're a sociopath. You're both fuckboys. Uh, in the meantime, uh... The blue team has a scuffle with uh, their desert, their blue desert Zakus and everything fight against um, like the Zeta and the doubles. Well, because they can't form the mark, the double Zeta because Rue stole a chunk of it. So um, they're fighting in the Mark II and the Zeta and they manage to kill Dito and he dies in like Glenny's arms being like, I will avenge you and I'll help you retake your home. Yeah, Glemmy just, like, fucking endears him. Like, Glemmy just gets so endeared by these people, and I'm just like, wow, like, why? And their lives only get worse because of him. Sounds about right. So, um, 
there there seems to be so August shows up in uh the the, the Sandra, which was the ship Glammy controlled, but now August believing he's dead is like cool promotion, whatever. And uh, he he sides with a part of the African Liberation Front, who just start blowing up the city. To which uh, Arrow, one of the um, one of the blue team guys, is just like, "What the fuck? Fuck it! No, don't stop! There's like civilians here. There's like our people are here. You're like, sure, this town is run by the French, and we want to kick them out, but like, still, like our people live here. Why are you blowing? Why are you killing them in the middle of them praying?" Like, what the fuck? And then he dies, and it's like, what? And so, like, like a big cataclysmic battle happens here, and the, the, the two-parter kind of just ends with the artist guy, like, just with a shattered wine glass, just, like, in the, in the ru- rubble. In the rubble, and it's just, wow. Like, nothing really is accomplished, and everybody's dead. Mm-hmm. Sounds like war. So the next episode is a really important one. As this is the final part of the Glemmy in the Desert arc. Uh, episode 32, Across the Salt Lake, where the um, this whole time the Gundam team is now trying to get back to the Double Zeta from their excursion looking for Rue. They take the blue team's big, like, Zaku tanker. And uh, they get into, like, an enormous salt lake. Meanwhile, Glemmy gets aboard back aboard the, um, the Sandra, and he's just like, All right. I am the. I guess ever since the death of my new best friends, I am motivated to fully take action. Because er, even earlier on, Haman was telling some of her guys like, "Watch Glemmy." Mm. Like right before, like right before they docked to Earth, it was like, "Watch Glemmy," all eyes on Glemmy. Fuck. And he tells August and opens up to him to try to guess. I guess this is his power play to get August's loyalty, and that's exactly what it is. Which is very buff clan of, of Lemmy. Yeah, he shows shows him his his collection of children. Yeah, uh, if you're confused by us saying buff clan, please watch Space Runaway Idayon and listen to our yeah. episodes on the, our four episodes on that series. Yeah, that's that was, we we did four really good episodes on that. It's one of our better series. I agree. And. Uh, so, <laughs> Glemmy just unveils that he has like eleven more purus. And he's just like, with with my new elite, new type commando squadron of 10-year-old girls, I will, I'm going, like, he's just like, Haman keeps me close for a reason. I'm not going to say what that is. My theory is that he's Garen Zabi's bastard son. He's just like, I, I'm going to take over Neo Zeon now, where he becomes officially the Shirako of Double Cena. My city now. My city now. My 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 fascist empire now. My fascism now. Uh, August dies in battle, and uh, the other big thing in this episode is um, that uh, there's an Argama base, and uh, Bright talks to the leader there, and he's just like, well, so what the fuck are we doing now? They're like, well, ever since the attack at the car... Yeah, because they... Um, the four, yeah, this is they're close to Mount Kilimanjaro, which was the former Titan base, which is now being occupied by Neo Zeon. So that's what um, Haman's doing over here, because Haman has that moment of like in this episode where she's like ruminating about what her w- restoring the Zabi family and has a vision of Char. Because mm-hmm. she's doing that at Kilimanjaro, 
And she, like, because that's she's wondering if she's going to survive to see, like, the aftermath of this war. That That's what she's musing on. Uh, but essentially now the Argama is going to be heading to Dublin, because that's where all the Federation officials left to. And so in, in, in search of some kind of guidance, they head there. And that's basically this episode. I, I like how August's death uh, is him lamenting that he wanted to control the Sandra again. Yeah, he fucking... Yeah, does. I don't know what his deal was. He just kind of... He's got something So next we get... Uh, the first, We start the Dublin arc. Where... Uh, uh, Peru is not doing well, so they're trying. They're like, okay, let's get her to a hospital because um, to get analyzed because she's having like more cy- cyber new type like fallout. Like maybe she's just uh, my theory on this is maybe she's just like you know, apparently cyber new types are constantly being drugged and modified, so maybe she's just withdrawing from whatever cy- drugs are pumped into her at all times. So her body's just not reacting well. I don't remember exactly what their explanation is. But, um, the AU get attacked by a, by a ton of mass production Bawus, which are green. Uh, but the, but following the, the main threat of that episode is Bright and Judo, who, uh, go and visit, this is the non-sequitur we were talking about earlier, where they kind of just visit the Federation army and they're like, we're decommissioning the Argama. Yeah, um, because Bright goes there on his own, doesn't tell anyone why, and then, I forget why Judo follows him he might just like fuck fuck that i want to i want to come <laughs> fucking yeah judo judo was there because he smelled the plot um yeah and so bright interrupts this fucking fancy dinner awful dinner party this is oh yeah this is judo's like people. best moment like ever this is the this is the moment i was waiting for you to see in in double zeta because this is where he my, becomes your boy my fucking son just fucking overhears all this shit because because again like it's this is it's, since they're since they're like you know already at such like a it's it's like their own private place and it's like no one's around with them and bright this man who they have no respect for and who cannot touch them in any meaningful way that that, that they think he would do um no consequences so it's just mask off uh and so they're basically just like like yeah, we're gonna give Haman Karn side three. We don't give a fuck about side three. Maybe it'll shut her up. Um, and so we can just keep being rich assholes who love money and, and power. And we don't give a fuck about you or your team or your anything. And fucking... And so Judao, Judao jumps up on the table and just starts like scre- just starts soapboxing at them. But really, all they can really muster in response is like, wait, who are you? Like... They My sister died because of this shit. Yeah, and he just punches the main dude in the fucking face, uh, and then immediately him and Bright get like ten guns pointed at him. And they get thrown. They get locked in the in the old wine cellar that's been refitted into a fucking dungeon for some reason. And uh, yeah. meanwhile, that's when the Bawus attack and like and start and uh, while Mondo, Bicha, and like everybody else are kind of at the hospital with Peru, they bump into Fa. Yeah. Because apparently this is where Camila's been since they left. Yeah. Because Dublin has the best medical facilities. Um, nice. And so uh, Fa kind of breaks Judo and uh, Bright out of prison when the building starts collapsing. 
Yeah, and, but, it's, uh, but then I do like that she didn't even know that they were going to be there. She's at the battle scene just, like, as an active, like, combat nurse. Yeah, Foz full, like, went into, like, this is what she decided. She, Foz like a combat medic now. And she's apparently new to it, because, like, her, her, uh, like, the, her, uh, her co-workers are like, I'm sorry, like, like, sorry you had to come here with us. And she was like, I begged, I begged them to send me. And that show is like, I love Fa. I'm so, this is such a good, like, place for her to be. Not, like, literally in, like, placement, but, like. <laughs> like, for, for her arc. That she's like, I want to, ha- it fits her personality. Yeah, and it's like, you know. I, y- you could, you could try and you would fail to, like, make the argument of, like, oh, but, like, it's just, a, it's, you know, it's just, it's just a girl who's, like, not choosing to fight and she's the healer because she's got to be all passive and it's, like, she fucking did her tour. There was a she Tumblr fucking... post about that that I liked where it was just, like, I hate, like, the he- the fire emblem, like, healer archetype of, like, the soft, delicate healer. Mm-hmm. Where it's, like, where's our badass combat medic lady? <laughs> It's, yeah, Fa. It's Fa. That's Fa. She's in... Fa has seen active combat more than, like, (laughs) a lot of anybody else in that room. And, like, like, excelled under the circumstances. She's a... She was a damn good pilot. Yeah. Um, and then she was like, no, fuck that. I don't want to... I don't want to kill. I want to heal. And it's like, that's... Look at what fighting and killing did to my boyfriend. Like... That's how you like. That is one of that is one of many actually good ways you could write a fucking pa- a a pacifist a, a pacifist female character who's not interested, who, who does not see combat. It's like there's a million ways you can write that well, but most people just choose to go like women don't fight, so this is what they do instead. Anyway, so, she dre- she slams a jeep into into a, the fucking brick wall because fuck to- fucking rules. <laughs> she gets shit done, busts him out, um, and and get, gets everybody gets everybody as far as she as as far away from the city as she's willing to go without feeling like she's leaving behind Camille, who she ultimately cares about more. And to everyone else's credit, they're like. Yeah, dog, it's fine. We can walk the rest of the way. Go check on Camille. <laughs> Cause we also all love Camille. Uh Peru there there's the side plot of this one of Peru um wearing the, the dress that Peru that that he had for Lena. Like the blue yeah. one. And Judo kind of having mixed feelings about that. Mm-hmm. But that that but it's kind of symbolic of Judo not being mad about that. It's kind of him trying to like come to come to accept it. Mm-hmm. And I think that does show that, like, Judo is appreciative that Peru is in his life. It's not that yeah. she's a replacement for, for Lena, but it's like, at least I'm not alone in grieving. Yeah. And, like, Peru might not have the emotional maturity to understand her role in my life right now, but, and like, but, like, I at least appreciate the role she's playing. Yeah. And so, um... Fa shows up at the Argama. They're like, Fa, what the hell are you doing here? And she's like, they're like, I can't find Camille. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so the um the 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 Bawu guys come back and there's a big battle with them and Peru what does she grab? Peru is in a mobile suit. I don't remember which one. But um 
as the battle starts going badly, Peru starts hearing the voice of Camille in her head. And Camille's giving her, like, battle advice. Like, to the left, below you, above you. Yeah. And then everybody else starts hearing it. So once the battle is all over, this ep- the ending of this episode is, like, the, one of the, my favorite moments in the entire franchise. <laughs> like, this arc might, is up there with, like, 0079 and Zeta. That, that, this is how good this arc is to me. Damn. And it's like, uh, Peru is really weak and injured, and like, um, and like, I just said Amaro. Judo is holding her, and um, she like points over there, and she's like, like, like Peru, how did did you like? She's like, I heard his voice, and she points over and starts playing the music from the last episode of Zeta, like the really yep. slow instrumental version of the second opening. Yeah, no, I I caught that. I was just like, God fucking damn it! And then all the Zeta so feelings good. come back. <laughs> And you just uh, see like the the, the like the, the face Camille makes when he sees them, and it's like we, we we get to see Camille again. He like he's not like fully recovered, but he's doing a hell of a lot better than the last time we saw him. Yeah, no, it really it really warms my fucking heart, especially like like, like again like coming off coming off the tail end of Zeta, all this like all this bullshit, both tragic and also just, like, goofy, almost, almost to the point of, like, disrespecting every, everything Camille did to try to get them here, um, and now we get this, we, we finally have this payoff of, like, okay, like, we're actually, like, shit's, shit's moving, we're making progress, we have goals, we have, like, we, 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 we know more about our situation now, and we're, 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 we're working on it, and, it's almost symbolic, yeah, it's almost symbolic of the, them coming back to Zeta. Yeah. Um. I, but, but yeah, it, like, like, coming back, but not, still not the same. It's not, things are different. I, nearly a year, like, it's, I'd say what, like six, six to eight months have passed since the last episode of Zeta? Maybe, gosh, I never even really thought about how much time has passed. Because, like, what's, what's, let me look at, like, Gundam Wiki timeline. Like, uh, cause what, I just need to look at some dates, cause let's see. Cause we're about to see the, okay, Universal Century, uh, okay, I think it's just the, pa- yeah, here it is. Uh, chronology, let's see, 0087. So the battle, Operation Maelstrom, the final battle of Grips happened on, um, yeah, the final battle, uh, the battle of Grips took place over, uh, two days of February 20th, and it ended on the 22nd mm. of 0088. Um, Neo forces land on Earth in June of that year, and um, okay, yeah, no, no, okay, so um, September, no, no, that's August. So, um, yeah, so, let's see, uh, yeah, so, uh, it's, uh, October, October 31st is the day that the, uh, the colony drop happens. So it's been, like, eight months, or like, nine, eight to nine months since the end of Zeta. Damn. Imagine... God, I mean, we don't, I fucking, we don't, we don't have to, like, again, we don't have to imagine we're here, just, like, not even, can't even go, can't even go a whole year, technically not even finished 
with the first fucking debacle. And there was a s- small Federation insurrection in between that. <laughs> that still had astronomical, like, consequences for the Federation's participation in this war. Yikes. Because I think, like, that's why the Federation doesn't even really have a horse in this race, is because they just, all their shit blew up. Yeah, so we're, we're at the episodes that I watched today with you. Yes. Um, episode 35 is... And by watched, and by, and by watched, I will have to admit that I do mean, like, was, was in the same room for while I tried to corral my fucking dog. So, ep- episode, um, th- 35... And 36 is where we are now. Episode 35, uh, the, 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 the Ayug and, the, and Kar- Karaba through Hayato shows up again. And Hayato yes. is like, okay, guys, uh, Haman is dropping a colony. Whoops. And everyone's like, Nani, the fuck? Like, Haman's dropping a colony? She's like, he's like, yeah, they're dr- she's dropping a colony because she straight up wants to just kill all the Federation like leadership. Um, so they're like, we're going to get Fa and Camille out of here and we're going to evacuate the city as much as possible, which is like Karaba's main mission. And I hope they were successful. It's kind of ambiguous as to how many people they got out, but Aldilma was a big ship and I'm assuming they had other planes. So I hope more people escaped than they didn't. Yeah, I feel like that's why, I feel like that's why they sort of left it. Like you can, it is well within your power to just simply assume that everybody got out. But also, like, honestly, like, when I saw... When Bright looked at the situation and was like, we can do one more load, I was like, there's pe- there's still people there. That means there's still people there. That means mm-hmm. that they're not gonna fucking... Yeah, okay, that's just how it is. They saved who they could save. Jesus Christ. War is bad. War is bad. And Haman does this for pretty much just a flex. That's the only reason anybody drops a colony. Yeah. It's always a fu- it's fr- it's always a dick swing. It was Giranzabi's dick swing, then it was Delaz's dick swing, now it's Haman's. The big the, the biggest dick swing. The biggest dick swing is five years later. <laughs> you haven't seen Char's dick swing yet. That's that, that that's uh that that's that's the one pickup line he still tries to get to work sometimes still hasn't. <laughs> so uh, Amuro is name dropped, and apparently in the novelized version of Double Zeta, Amuro actually is like here. Oh. Um, because somebody on well the guy who runs Zeonic Republic has been doing like summaries of chapters from the Double Zeta novel, and apparently the uh like because there's three of them, and apparently a lot of the differences happen in the second one where like. Amuro is, like, there from the time they arrive on Earth, which is kind of cool. But oh, yeah. Hayato says that Amuro is actually in space right now. Mm. And fighting Neo-Zeon in space. So, like, this is a bigger conflict than just the Gundam team. Yeah. We are just seeing what's happening exclusively to, like, Glemmy, Haman, and, like, the Gundams in the Argama. What do you think he's pilot? Well, according to Gundam Sentinel, the Gundam Mark V, which is used by one of the antagonists... That that mobile there was one um, a, a model made for Amuro, in a Gundam Evolve short, Amuro is t- is part of an Aug uh, Zeta Gundam team where he has a white and pink Zeta Gundam. Oh, fun! And he's under the he's teamed up with a, new, a with a new character 
who's like an Aug uh, new type, and then there's a uh, like a young Aug new type, and he's teamed up with a former Zeon ace Shin Matsunaga. But they're, they're, none of them are named. But it's very obvious that Shin Matsunaga and Amuro are there because their code names are like White Unicorn for Amuro, and in Charge Counterattack, the unicorn kind of becomes Amuro's like emblem. Mm. So he's the White Unicorn, and then uh, Shin Matsunaga is the Gray Wolf, which is like he was the he was the White Wolf of Zeon. <laughs> yeah. So that's a cool short that we'll, we 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 can comment on at some point later. Yeah. But I think that's what I think that's literally what Amuro is doing in space. <laughs> But, uh, so he could either have the Gundam Mark V, he could still have a DJ that he had in Zeta, but I kind of like the idea that he just has his own Zeta Gundam now. Yeah. He deserves it. Absolutely. Amuro's fucking shit up in space. It's cool. (laughs) (laughs) What if Amuro right now is actually looking for Char? Oh, I mean, I'm sure that's, that's probably just always low-key. No, that's, that's what Kai's doing. Right, yeah. Amuro's fighting, like, uh, espionage is not Amuro's forte, that's Kai. But, like, he very much makes it clear to Kai, like, you will tell me everything you find. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no, Amuro is Kai's contact. Yeah. Like, Amuro will meet Kai in a bar somewhere in, like, a, in, like, a, like, a a sparsely colony, like, a, like, a distant colony. People just assume, people just assume that Kai is some, is some, like, private investigator and Amuro hired him to, like, dig up dirt on his (laughs) ex-husband. Which isn't too like, far that's from the, the truth. tone. That's the tone of their conversations. Uh, so, Camille, run- Fa and Camille attempt to go out from, like, the spaceport, but then Fa overhears the same, like, Federation, like, politicians talking about how, well, whatever, we'll get out of here. At least this will, this is all the AU's fault. If they just gave up, we wouldn't have to be dealing with this. Whatever, mm-hmm. at least it's less mouths to feed on the Earth. Ugh. Awful. So Fa manages to get aboard the uh, Audumla, but Amuro, Camille's just kind of running around this whole time, like, new type freaking out. So Rakan comes back with his uh, Drayson, and he has a big battle with, with the Ayug as the colony's falling, and then it just, the moment the colony falls is, like, one of the best, like, moments in this show. Because it just goes, like, all the sound goes out, the colony hits the earth, and it just cuts to Peru screaming with, like, no audio. Yeah, it's powerful. It's, I, I mentioned this when we were watching it, it's like the, it's the most up close that I've, that I think that I've seen a successful colony drop. Which was organized by Mashmir Sello, who we'll see him again soon. Yeah, I definitely want to, because I feel like, feel like the Mashmir we saw before in the beginning of the show probably wouldn't have thought that this was very cash money to do no like the the, the final episode in this batch 36 um it starts with glemmy on his ship and he's just like mashmir solo is he proud of himself but i glemmy an honorable soldier feel nothing but disgust yep. and then he releases peru too from her like cryo bed I am an I am an honorable I am an honorable soldier with standards and 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 etiquette about combat. Rise, my naked child soldier. Rise from your slumber. What do you, what do you think of Peru too from the one episode you saw of her? Because she featured I very like, heavily in this episode. I like her. She's she she wakes up and chooses violence and doesn't really give a fuck about Glenny. 
she's like, yeah, I may, I, in our, uh, red, sh- on our first Votoms episode where, um, we were talking about Epsilon and how he, like, awake, he's, like, a delicate baby when he wakes up. Uh-huh. As opposed to just being, like, as I, I compared it to, like, Nuclear Man, like, destroy Superman. Yeah. That, that's, that's more how Peru 2 wakes up. She's just, like, destroying Peru 1. Yeah, um, and, um, but, like, Amelia wakes up and starts, like, jabbing him. Just, 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 like, oh, wow, if you're waking me, like, sh- all that shit, like, oh, wow, if you're waking me up, then you must fucking need me, or some shit like that. Like, you must, oh, you, you, you're fuck- you fucked something up, so you woke me up <laughs> to fix it. Yeah, it's very much that. It's it's fantastic. She has like already has tons of attitude against Gle- towards Glemmy. Yeah, yeah, love it. L- love to see this man disrespected by every single person in his life. Oh yeah, it's fucking amazing. So, um, so oh yeah, and then, and then the the important part that we're forgetting is like then she is she she is piloting the Psycho Gundam Mark to like the the Psycho Gundam 2 to do all this. Yeah, when when you first were like, "Oh man, I wish th- I, ho- I I'm sad this mobile suit got was very underutilized in Zeta because it was a dope design." I'm like, "You're going to be happy in Double Zeta." <laughs> yeah, I think you'd be more hype if the co- if the context wasn't so bleak. Yeah. Yeah, and it, especially after the events of even just after the events of Zeta, I look at the Psycho Gundam and I'm like, "This thing is this this thing is evil. They built an evil machine. They built a machine that runs on evil. Yeah. Uh, they used science to invent evil. Evil is now a real force in the universe because of Neo. And they made it, it look like a Gundam. I mean, hey, if the if if the big clunky robot boot fits. There, there, there was something that Tomino said, and when they first unveiled the big Gundam, like the mm-hmm. original one that they took down and replaced it with the with the one that can like move. Um, where he said something because I think that was for like the thirtieth anniversary of Gundam, so that was like, when well, no, that was like I think for the twenty fifth. Yeah. So that would have been like twenty thirteen fourteen. Uh, he was saying that he hopes that like in like way after he's gone that the Gundam can be remembered in throughout culture as, like, not a weapon of war, but a protector of peace. And I kind of, like, I kind of like how the Psycho Gundam is, like, an intentional, like, perversion of that. There's a mo- there's an excerpt in um, Gundam Sentinel, one of the few Gundam novels that actually has a, trans- a full translation, where uh, one- a lunar city is under attack by Titan's remnants, and one of them is being led by a guy piloting a Gundam. And it's the and it's like from the point of view of this like worried mother in like being evacuated and her child who has like a small toy of the RX seventy eight. And I like part some of that like that was so like hauntingly poetic. I don't know. No, yeah. Of just like like the the Titans have appropriated this form. And, and it's it's uh, and so I feel like this the Psycho Gundam is even like a bigger exclamation mark version of that. And uh, Peru is freaking out. She gets into the broken what's left of her uh, what's left of her cubile because it never really got fully fixed since she came in on it. Yeah, I don't even know. Like they they probably would have. 
they probably don't have a super great idea about, about the ins and outs of the mechanisms of, of, of like Axis tech. Maybe we can just slap like Mark II arms onto it. Maybe I don't know. Uh, Zaku head doesn't fit on this one. <laughs> Fucking, I'm out of ideas. <laughs> um, but Z- Judo is not doing hot against the against um Peru too. This episode is one of the most visually like impressive. Like the whole all the backgrounds, the like the constant like raining ash. I, I, I yeah. I, I do like how intense the battle is when the Psycho Gundam's mobile armor form is just simply itself floating there in a box. Yeah. But it's like this this obelisk of terror. It's horrifying. There's that, uh, so, right, like, Peru dies, predictably, but still, nevertheless, tragically. Yeah, like sacrifices herself to try and to try and take Pluto with her and take out the Psycho Gundam. And it's like that's it's I I don't know I I know it's it's tropey I know it's Tomino but like shit really fucking sad. Yeah, it's I don't know like I I I, I don't know I feel I I I really like Peru and I like in Super Robot Wars that she can live and be happy. Thank. Thank you, based Super Robot. Thank you, based Super Robot Wars. So, um, Judo kind of rem- remember when uh, Kotz died, and then Camille like flipped out and just destroyed Yazan. Because Judo does that uh, right now, where the because uh, yeah. the Zeta, the double Zeta is also equipped to the butt with the same biosensor the Zeta is. And uh, pretty much the same exact thing happens, and he manages to destroy the Psycho Gundam, but Peru escapes. And uh, he's about to... Peru like, escapes in the head. But he manages to slice the head a part of the head off, and he can see her in the cockpit. And just the the, the shock of seeing... Uh, Peru is the one who killed Peru. He kind of yeah. just, like... He can't, like, he just... His brain, like, scrambles, and he, like, just kind of shuts down. Understandably so. For sure, for sure, yeah. Um, I do, I, I did like that the head detaches it. It just reminded me of like the thing. Yeah, I was like, saying it was gonna remind me die. of uh, you know what it reminds me of in Gundam. It reminds me of uh, the final battle between Char and Amuro in 0079 when the Zeong is just a head flying around. Yeah. But that that the episode and oh Hayato dies. We didn't even say that. Yeah, it, yeah, because I I and, I and I told you later it got like they they just say right up front in the next time on segment from the previous episode I'm just like Hayato's dead. They just I've just stopped that. watching those because Gal- after Galactic Heroes traumatized me with shit like that, I just stopped watching them. Yeah, I really should. Because Galactic Heroes was especially especially egregious on that. Where I just say if you're gonna watch Galactic so Heroes, weird. just don't watch those. That's such a weird thing to do. I don't know why anybody approves it or thinks it's okay. Yeah, it's not okay. <laughs> like, do Japanese audiences like, are Japanese like fucking, audiences um, fine with it? Like, I, I I refuse to watch day one launch trailers anymore because they spoil like half the game in them now. Uh oh oh yeah, like they really need like to the DMC five one just straight up shows Virgil like twice, and you're like, okay, cool. Oh god, yeah. So, uh, yeah, 
there, 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 I guess that's the last thing we can talk about is the whole Hayato and Kotz moment. Where you said that they, you wish they just straight up didn't do that because it's too sad. I don't, yeah, I don't wish, I don't wish they didn't. I just wasn't expecting them to because of what Double Zeta, how, how Double Zeta started out being. I just sort of went, okay, like, they're probably not gonna ever linger on Cots too much. Why would they? There's so much other things going on and then they fucking... It didn't linger God on damn, Cots because Blake didn't want to. Yeah, um... It's fucking rough. I like how real, like, Hayato's grief is. Yeah, no, it's... It's really real. And and with Hayato dying very soon after, just my heart goes out to fucking Frau. God damn, Frau did not deserve that. Frau just... Frau, within the case, course of, like, eight months, she lost her son and husband. Jesus. Oh, God, Frau does not deserve that. Like, I'm getting really emotional just thinking about that. God, my heart goes out to Frau. Yeah. Like, I'm not laughing because it's funny. I'm just laughing at just how, like, if I'm not, I'm going to, if I don't laugh, I'm going to cry. <laughs> no, yeah, same. It's, it's, it's so sad. Uh, but that, that's, that's the note that the ser- this, these chunks of episodes kind of end on. It's a really, really big contrast to fucking Moon Moon. <laughs> I'll say no. Yeah, this is this is you know the 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 stage feels very properly set for for the big explosive finale. Yeah. So I guess final thoughts on the, these chunks of episodes. Now that you like about, let's talk about let's talk about this tonal shift. What what are your what is your feeling? Because you you were pretty lukewarm on Double Zeta, despite liking a lot of it. You still were pretty lukewarm on it. But that's I think this show does not like Edeon does not start on its strongest foot. No, it's messy. It's, but but like I, but I think the longer, I think the more of it in its entirety I see laid out before me, the more I can like, the more you appreciate the mess. Like the mess is part of the whole thing. It's part of the text. Like again, due to the due to the the nature of the conflict, due to the nature of the the situation the characters find themselves in of course it's a mess of course it's chaos of course uh, of course a lot of these characters can't ever fully appreciate the situation they've stumbled into until shit really hits the fan these aren't these aren't soldiers they are they they aren't even pretending to be soldiers they're not new they're not green they 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 fundamentally are civilians who can pilot so so they're more or less forced to engage in the war because everyone else is dead it's it's very um, much like Edeon's kind of like because i feel do you think because like with Edeon to me it felt like gundam knew its tone from the beginning from the second in the first episode, where, like, Frau is, like, limping away from, like, the smoldering ruins of her family. Yeah. Towards Amaro, just, like, sobbing uncontrollably. Like, 0079 knew what its tone was from the get-go. Sure, it stumbled at times, because it was still trying to figure out what the genre it was, like, with the Gundam Hammer and the sillier parts of, like, the core block system. Yeah. But those were all kind of little... They were so minor that just cutting a few scenes from the movies completely alters like mitigates that 
Do you, I, with Ideon, I feel like that show was really trying to figure out what its tone was. And, like, the Ideon... Like, the first, like, third of Ideon feels like an experiment, and then they finally got the juice good, and the second third of Ideon was them, like, okay, now let's play with the details and see how good we can get the juice to taste. And then you get the third season, not season, you get the third chunk of, Z- of Ideon, and you're just drinking the juice. Absolutely. And then you're drinking the juice spiked with whiskey when you're drinking, when you're playing, when you're watching Be Invoked. Yeah, no. Be Invoked, Be Invoked is those those fucking videos that keep trying to pop up in my fucking algorithm where people are making mixed drinks in, like, children's sandcastle buckets and shit. <laughs> Just, like, pouring pouring entire bottles of, like, Everclear and various types of juice just into a fucking trough. That's that's being vote. So my, my um, question, with that long-winded setup, do you think Double Zeta was also, do you think Double Zeta was that, or do you think it's something different? Because I think I don't know where I stand on this. I don't think I particularly care. I just think the the I just think the text itself. I can enjoy the mess regardless of how intentional it was for it to be there. I think it. I I think it's it's not tonally dissonant because I because I think the characters themselves also find themselves in a situation where they are unsure where they are going or what they are doing or how exactly they're going to accomplish their end goal. So it's like. The staff and characters very much have the same conflict presented to them in a very meta way, um, and I think I, I think when you you look at the whole package once it's all said and done, which is one of the reasons that I prefer. Really, that's one of the good things about like about anime is like even when it's franchised, like they like it's except for like the big shonen stuff that's just ongoing like when it's based off of those manga like it, it went which is that, that's like, even less of like i even see those less as like anime and more of just like animated manga right but like in, in terms of like presentation they're, they're, those are more comparable to like soap operas that just simply have to keep going because that's the nature of what it is yes um but for but for isolated stories it's you know I guess again, wa- you know, watching it week to week is probably different. Like we're just we're just plowing through them. Um, but but I I've always preferred looking at something as a whole package than you know how it feels week to week. Mm-hmm. I think um, that's more valuable anyway. It's more va- it's more valuable because like even if you're only watching it week to week, eventually you do end up at that at, at that other part. Like even if you did watch even if you did watch it. At some point, you will have watched it. You will always end up there, and so I, I just think it's nice to, to focus on that. Yes. Um, and so when I, when I, when I see Double Zeta, like laid out before me so far, like I, 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 I do enjoy it. I think, I think it's, I think it's, like you know, like I said, it's, 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 it's a mess. It's a messy story, but it's. At the very least, I, I do think that aspect of it, like, yeah, the narrative is very much supposed to supposed to be rough. Maybe not as rough as it ends up being, but, like, yeah, man, like, Bright is, clear, Bright is clearly in over his head. Like, they are clearly, like, um, 
like a skeleton, a skeleton crew with like n- no res, like barely any resources. No one's like barely anybody is giving a shit about them anymore, and everybody's just shit's fucked. Shit's fucked, and they're trying their best, but their best isn't good enough because everybody else is just like I don't know, which is which is extra fucked up because it's like I thought they like fucking I thought they won, huh? Weird. Right? They did all that. That's the other thing. They did all that for, like... I guess not for nothing. But, like... Not for what they thought. Yeah. They didn't get what they thought they would get out of it. No, I don't think... I like it all, And I... So many of the... Good guys are dead. I mean, like, all the, all the people... All the visionaries and, like, you know... Revolutionaries are dead. All that's left were the actual soldiers. Like, Bright's not the kind of guy who's going to build a new society for space noids. Like, I'm sure Bright would advocate for that and agree with that, but Bright wasn't a politician. Bright's a a ship captain. Yeah. That's not his expertise. As much as Bright would probably like to help, he wouldn't really know how to. Like, that was a job for, like, Blex. That was a job for Char. Mm Mm-hmm. But it's... It's... The, this 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 chunk of episodes ends on a shot of Camille laying in a puddle of pitch black water, <laughs> and it's uh, I wonder what he's thinking. <laughs> Emma Sheen didn't die. Lieutenant Emma didn't die for this. <laughs> oh, that was hard to say. Uh, I guess in lighter news, do we have any emails or anything? How much piss does this dog have in her? I'm just surprised her bladder can hold this much. Like sometimes I'll I'll see the amount of poop that cheesecake creates in like a day, and I'll be like, "Damn! Like how much do you eat? Am I feeding you too much?" He's getting a little fatter. It's, it's, it's hot in our apartment because, like, uh, the AC's fucking broken and it's scum, so she's drinking a Oh, uh, that makes sense. Alright, we're almost done.
Oh my god. We got we a hey douchebag. We have a hey douchebag? What? We have a hey douchebag. Oh my god. Sound the alarm. Very first hey douchebag. Hey guys, my name is Ryan and I'm a huge mecha fan, mostly Gundam. I've been ripping through y'all's backlog of episodes when I noticed a pattern. There seems to be a lot of negativity for Gundam Seed. Oh no! Along with seed. incorrect facts about the show, it makes me wonder if you have not seen it recently, or wonder if Seed and uh, Seed uh, Seed and Seed Destiny are two different shows. Okay, so basically, this is a very common take of like Seed Destiny is the bad one, but Seed is good. I think hurt. Seed is bad and Destiny is worse. Yeah, um, but but anyway, uh, so. One being much better than the other, y'all seem open-minded and thoughtful individuals, so it surprised me to hear so much spite over what me and most of the Japanese fandom think is a great show, in parentheses, better than Wang. Um, I encourage you to not let a boob bounce or a pink saku ruin your opinion of a Gundam classic. P.S. Glad you're getting into uh, Double Zeta, also a fave of mine. Buck Wild. Uh, so I thank you from, so much, Ryan, for the question. Yeah, and apparently he—he um, he, 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 the way he voiced that sounds like he's also Japanese. So thank you for reaching out to us. We are. <laughs> um, I, I, I have not seen Gundam. I have, Seed. I, I have not seen Gundam Seed in a long time, and I feel I am going to fully be honest and admit my pettiness towards Gundam Seed. Um. Mm-hmm. I just think it's fun because I, I just thought I just think it's fun to agree and dunk on it because it's like regardless of anything, it's the, it's one of if not the most popular Gundam series. So it's like I'm punching up. Like that, I don't that's care. how I feel as well. Like I don't know if things have changed because like when I initially started my dislike of Seed, I I because I, wa- I watched nearly every Gundam series for the first time in like a row. I did nothing but watch like mecha anime for like the entirety of what what 2010. Like 2009, yeah. 2010, that was my that was my Gundam Mecha year. That's the first year I watched Ava, stuff like that. Formative years for me. Mm-hmm. And my first watching of Seed, I was kind of just like, okay, like I I enjoyed it well enough without thinking about it too critically. Just kind of watching the show as it went by, and mm-hmm. I remember like all of my friends at the time just saying that you know all the Universal Century stuff is old and garbage, and Seed is the only good one. And so then, upon rewatching Seed, I was like, okay, well, I don't have a lot of opi- lot of confidence in my own opinions. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so I am going to rewatch Seed and confirm that my friends who are smarter than me are right, and that, you know, Zeta's probably bad. Because I'm stupid and have bad opinions. I used- I, I've, I've recently gotten way more confident myself. That's good. In my own opinions, and I feel that's, that's why we- people have such bad takes on the internet, is because- Everybody has such lo- low confidence in themselves, and they're so insecure that they just say whatever the most popular influencer says. Yeah. And that's why some just some popular person with a wild take will say Final Fantasy VII aged badly. Now suddenly it's like, Final Fantasy VII is so old, it's unplayable. But I'm, I'm not gonna, I'm gonna fully openly on mic admit to my pettiness. Yeah. Um, I, if we do 
end up going through the the um AU stuff, I will have to confront Seed. I do have I always intended to do Seed on this show. Like I'm I'm I I I there's things I like about Wing and I still think Wing is kind of a mostly garbage show. No, yeah, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, cuz we, we yeah, I'm I am I am almost post good bad on whether or not I like sh- like 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 shit especially if I'm going to talk about it critically for a Oh yeah, like, like we're, I'm going to fully I don't care if it's good. Like like did whether the, did or not the email good, sender uh, say his name? Ryan. Ryan. Okay, Ryan. I am Oh wait, maybe you're maybe you're not Jeff. I don't know because the way you voice that confused me. But um, because I I guess you because I I know Seed is very popular in Japan, which is why it gets so much merch and rep and like everything. And uh, so Ryan, I'm going to um, I'm just going to straight up admit my bias and my own grievances. And yeah. the the I I am I am a different person. And like what I what I've come to realize is that. I state a lot of outdated opinions because of things I I still I just go back to an old indexed opinion on Seed because I remember the last time I watched Seed I was incredibly negative toward it. But we've come like how many A A U series have come out since then? Like Double O, which I actually like a lot. Um I like the first half of it a lot and I I think the second half is okay. Um Age, I just had I could not be bothered to watch Age. It just didn't appeal to me. IBO I fell off on and didn't like I, I liked IBO well enough. But the more I watched it, the less I cared. And I want to watch yes, IBO again. Same. So, like, there, the landscape of, like, the Gundam franchise has changed. Like, there is far more UC rep these days than there was, you know, when Unicorn was still in its infancy. So, like, with Narrative and now Hathaway coming out and, like, all the... So, that... I, I think there's, I would be much, even if I don't ever even like Seed when I watch it, I think I'm going to be much less openly hateful towards it. Yeah, I, I, I never openly hated it again, I just dunked on it, but like, um, it, it just doesn't look like my thing. Like, cause like, one of like, one of the reasons, one of the reasons it is so popular, and again, like, I'm sure it's a fine, like, I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure it's a fine show, because, like, a lot of people, a lot of people who like Seed will even cop to Destiny being bad, so clearly there is more than just a surface level appreciation of, like, aesthetics and whatnot, but in terms of, like, its success, I, and this is just how I see media, this is just how I see, like, big mainstream media, Gundam Seed was a success, because Sunrise said everyone's gonna love this show, and with how marketing and merchandising works, that's as long as you dump enough money into a thing and it's made well enough, and it, and, and it hits, and it hits enough checklists of like successful anime in the current era we are living in has this, it has this, it has this, it has this. And maybe it's a good show. Maybe it's not a good show. In terms of how popular or successful it is, truly does not matter one iota how much how good it is or isn't. Sunrise said we need a hit, and they manufactured it in a fucking factory, and it was successful. That's that's um, basically where I am with it as well. Like that's how I feel about the Marvel movies. Like like if you look yeah. at my letterbox, you'll see I've brought most of them three stars. But that a three star rating from me is not a good thing. That means I just don't have many strong feelings on it. Because any time thing, at least that's how I gr- I don't really believe in like seven out of ten. Like that just means nothing to me. Like, 
That's why we stopped doing the final thought score thing when we came back, because I just realized how stupid grading media is. Yeah, I... I don't believe in objectivity. I did that. Um, yeah, no, same. Like, but, I, I um, could believe that Gundam Seed is the worst dog shit on the planet, and that wouldn't invalidate your opinion. That would just mean we disagree. No one's right there. But yeah. I'm not, I don't even know if I still think Gundam Seed's a pile of dog shit. And even if I did, you're still allowed to like Gundam Seed. You can just think I'm wrong. Yeah, um... Fuck, I forget what I was like I don't know. I have I have I have close friends that love Fate Stay Night, and you could not fucking pay me to care to give a shit about Fate Stay Night. Yeah, yeah, no, s- s- same. Um... So it's like I don't know. I'm not. They're not wrong. I'm not wrong. I can I can have an opinion that I think that you know they're they're cramming terrible media into their diet and should be have a better. It's like watching your friend eat nothing but Oreos, and oh. you're like, man, you should maybe eat something other yeah. than Oreos. What I will say, I think for me is like where, I, for my own personal tastes on where I do art, I, I toe the line between, like dis like disliking auteur auteurs as a as a concept, but the be- like you know the best auteurs still have really good teams, um, for you know and, and that's why that's why we talk so much about Tomio, um, and all the people who work with Tomio and do great work. Um, I'm not privy. To the staff of Gundam Seed, I, I know would... the writer and directors did Gear Fighter Dendo and uh, S Cryed, which are two shows I like, not love, yes. but I like those shows. But what I'm saying is, in terms of like you know, like t- like Tomino made Gundam, like Tomino made Gundam, Tomino made Mobile Suit Gundam, and. You know, and like he he had, he had teams of writers for Double Seventy Nine Zeta and Double Zeta. He had exactly, you know, character exactly, exactly. It wasn't yeah, just yeah, exactly. one, he, it's not a one man show. Which he I'm, spearheaded. I'm, yeah. He spearheaded the project. It's like Hideo um, Kojima didn't make all of Metal Gear by himself. I don't know if there isn't a. I mean, I'm sure, like Gundam Seed had a director, it had a showrunner, but Gundam Seed was not that person's Double O Seventy Nine. Yeah, like that I Sunrise paid the man and said make a Gundam show and he said okay and then he went home and got another job after that. <laughs> like but, So once again, if I I Ryan, I will you I will give once again with I'm of two minds right now and I know I'm being contradictory to myself, but that's just who I am. That's just who people are. Because it's like, I'm of one mind where I would really like to refresh my opinion on Gundam Seed, but I also, like, Gundam Seed's a 50-episode anime that I don't know if I'm gonna like again, and there's a lot of other shit I want to watch, but that's not a never. And I've never seen it, I just like being mean to popular things because they make I will say, at this moment, I, 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 I don't like the character designs or the mobile suit designs, but that's also, that's like base-level pettiness, so... I think some of the mobile designs are okay. I've seen, I've seen, I've seen a lot of them. That's the that was the other thing is like how many fucking how many fucking Gundam Seed perfect grades are there? Like a ton. There's not. I think there's more wing perfect grades, but that's like I don't know. Everyone's embittered in some direction. Once yeah. again, Ryan, Ryan, thank you for listening. Um, no, yeah, thank you so much. Um, uh, no, like, like I said, I always intended to watch Seed, so this is an interesting one. Um, Maybe this is nitpicky. Not sure this is technically a hey douchebag because it is an opinion. Um, yeah, like uh, yeah. Well, that you get you get some points off. <laughs> um, 
I guess I, I, I could I, I, I could see the argument of like we are treating we did we did spend most of this podcast's library treating Gundam Seed as if it was an objective fact that it was bad. So I guess on that level, it could be a hey, douchebag. I mean, well, it's like that. I, you know what? Thank you for opening up this discussion because this is something I am actually very passionate about in a roundabout way. I don't know if this is what you wanted from our response, but <laughs> this is what you're getting. Probably I'm sorry. Probably not. I don't give people what they want. It's not in our nature. That's, I don't if we gave people what they wanted, we would have done Gurren Log on episode one. If we gave people what they wanted, we would have done Gundam Seed. <laughs> <laughs> Joking aside, I really don't believe in objectivity of, like, anything, really. No. Because I think I think objectivity is an overall arrogant, like, uh, stance. Assuming yeah. that your worldview is the correct one. How dare you presume to know. But that's not me saying that, you know... You aren't entitled, like, I, I, you are entitled to live your own life and have your own opinions and not feel that you are wrong, but I also am entitled to completely disagree with you. Like, for example, I was talking to a friend of mine and how I was saying how I think in, in my truth, in my reality tunnel that I exhibit in, my ninja way, Evangelion is the best anime ever made, but Zeta Gundam is my favorite. And... That that doesn't make any sense. I don't believe in objectivity, but that's the truth to me. No, I, I have those takes all the time of like, I think this thing is better, but I like the other one more. I have those thoughts all the time. And it's your and it's like it doesn't need to make sense because it's your own because this is not fact. You are not you are not sitting here and measuring the numeric the numeric statistics of like, okay, Metal Gear Solid, if you put all of its things into a blender, comes out as an eighty seven. And Silent Hill one on the PlayStation by the same company two years later comes out to a ninety one. So here's my math about why Silent Hill is better like that does no, that that's bullshit. Fuck off. Yeah, numbers numbers don't belong in num- numbers don't belong in criticism. Numbers don't belong in art. Yeah. Or, like, that that's just not... I think that's a fundamental misunderstanding of art. So, I hope with me explaining this is, like, that's... Not, like, that's... that I hope that contextualizes me dunking on Seed. Also, I, f- I feel like since we have come back for the second season, we really haven't dunked on Seed. I think I have a... I, I have a couple times during this, this episode alone, but, like... I, I um, the, but no, but yeah, it's it's very much like charged. You notice? Maybe I do it so much you just don't notice. I I feel like um I feel like the early uh, the the again like season z- like season I almost said season zero. Uh, it's not that bad. Uh, season one. Yeah, our first Metro's, attempt at the show. Yeah, yeah. The, the season one of Metro's play, we were quite literally different people. Uh, yeah, that was, was like five show. six years ago. Very much trying to find, uh, find our, sh- find our shtick, you know? Yeah, like, I've, uh, I've become radicalized to being this, like, insane, like, I don't even know how to describe myself anymore. I, like, I don't resemble who I used to be and what I value. The only thing that's staying the same is how much I love giant fucking robots. Same. Yeah, I, I love giant robots the same, but now I've got a, now I've got a decent pair of t- <laughs> could could be better. I'm working on it. I did pop in a Stradiol in a in, in a break that Devin cut. So always a work in progress. So but yeah, that was our only that was our only email. Ryan, thank you once again. Um, 
everybody, feel free to email us at uh, mechtrospective at gmail.com. We get so few emails that we can pretty much do a discussion like that to every single one. Um, Thank you for tolerating us and our breaks. Uh, As I said at the front of the episode, um, I'm just not going to promise when next episodes are coming out next because I've never been able to keep one of those promises. Yeah, no, same. We, uh, you know, we're trying. But there's only there's only ten episodes to watch in the show left, so I think we can get one done in relatively. So we'll try. Maybe we'll try to be a little more vocal on like Twitter or something to like just at least tell you that we're alive. Yeah, yeah. I I, I try to I I try to at least occasionally like retweet other me- cool mega stuff I see on on the Twitter just so like people know that like we're active and like i'm on the account like yeah we should do try to do more i don't know content's hard like i don't even know if like content like i would even suggest like me af- like right before you go to bed just post like hey episode recorded expected on sunday because i can get this edited by sunday yeah um but yeah that's that's the i think that's a i think that's that's, that's a wrap that's an- that's an episode. I'm that was a long one. I'm probably going to chop at least 40 minutes out of this one. Yeah. And so, uh, thank you once again, retrospective at gmail.com. Uh, give rate, rate, rate us five on iTunes, even if you hate iTunes. Um, I we'll, hate iTunes, but you should still do it. Uh, follow us on SoundCloud, uh, for more direct updates. Um, you can, my social security number is... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's, that's basically it. Uh, we, what do you cry at this episode? I, do you cry about, are you, are you still crying about cots? I cry at Frau. Um, I'm crying about, honestly, I'm, I'm, I'm crying about, I'm crying about, I'm crying about Glemmy. Crying about Glemmy? There's so many better not, things to cry about. Cry about Peru, cry about Lena. It's, they're not sad tears. <laughs> you well, okay, really, I'm. I'm crying for myself, and I'm crying for myself because I have to see We cry at Glenny. We cry about Glenny. We cry about Glenny. Oh,